0: All right, I'm going to get started, guys. Uh, thank you again. Good morning, everybody, again. So I haven't been on this calling for a few weeks uh, simply because uh, I am moving, and I'm trying to convert myself to a, like a semi uh, off-grid living arrangement. Basically, I bought a vacant lot with a old mobile home, 1956 mobile home, and I intend to convert that into a tiny house. Because uh, I'm a big fan of uh, this a famous American whose name is uh, Henry David Thoreau, uh, a strong, you know, anti-slavery person, a very anti-government person. He he refused to pay his taxes because he believed the tax his taxes will go to support the Mexican War and the slavery. And uh, so I'm a big fan of him. And he is, I think, the first person who started this tiny house concept. So long story short, so I've been doing you know be building fences around this uh nice little lot uh a 0. 0.23 acre lot uh and uh oh his name uh sorry baby his name's a uh, henry david thorough uh he he is a he's a truly something he actually uh he is the uh his uh work inspired the mlk and uh, Mohammed Gandhi of India, and I do not know about him until 2019 uh, through a friend. And uh, you know, this friend of mine, he said, "Hey Peter, you know, you talks like uh, this guy Henry David Thoreau." I said, "Okay, let' will check him out." And I find out he really truly is something. <laughs> so, uh, so long story short is that, uh, of course, you know, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I'm going to start with uh, some joke. Okay, feel free to call in if you want to share this kind of joke. <laughs> I call it a Chinese Thanksgiving, jokes about whether there should be a Chinese Thanksgiving. And this is true. And right? it's actually some other people wrote the articles about it. You can, you can go ahead, you know, I Google it. So why I think the Chinese just celebrate Thanksgiving, yeah, it actually has nothing to do with the Native Americans. Because I'll just to be honest with you, you know, among my Chinese friends, the Thanksgiving, we call it a turkey day. It's just a day for turkey. Am I big on turkey? No, okay. The turkey, the texture of turkey meat is not that attractive. Not tender enough, very dry. And I think the best effort I made about how to make a a a reasonably good turkey is through a Los Angeles Times recipe. Very fancy, but it it reads quite tasty. But I don't think it's good because I literally go to Chinatown, Philadelphia, to buy a roast turkey from Chinatown's uh, restaurant. It's pretty good. But still, even with that, a regular chicken from that same store will be better than that. So, but still, I think there's a reason why Chinese should celebrate Thanksgiving. It goes back to 1950. On Thanksgiving Day, 1950, in Korea, a South African pilot flew a U.S. fighter plane, believe I found the headquarters of the Chinese uh, volunteer army in Korea. So he pointed his napalm bomb towards that direction. The bomb hit the headquarters, or at least one of the building or, the, or one of the structure of the headquarters, and instantly killed the son, of Chairman Mao, Chairman Mao has two sons, one has a mental health issues, some mental retardations, but he has a good son well are good, who was sent to Soviet Union, speak fluent Russians, he is using a pseudo name in the career uh, in the in the in the Korea theater because Mao put his words in his mouth. I guess he sent other people's children to the war. he sent his own children there too he takes it to his son so for whatever reason some there's some odd background about why this son of chairman mao is end up in that building for that morning or whatever but he was killed instantly by a napalm bomb so if you're anti-war you're for peace which i am you hate man napalm bomb you hate wars but it's true that on thanksgiving 1950 which is 70 some years from today a U.S. napalm bomb on a U.S. jet killed the only fit son of Chairman Mao. I'll tell you, if not, if that did not happen, what China will be today. If if that did never happen, China will be like North Korea today, because Mao will have each of his son and grandson to be the head of the state, and the entire of China, China with I don't know how many people, at least. 600 million people will be starving so for that the single napalm bomb did solve a lot of food issues hunger issues and without that napalm bomb on thanksgiving thanks to you know the deep state of america we will not have a modernized china today and uh, I feel comfortable as long as it, there's no such thing as a, like a loyal family, that the son of this loyal family will be the key ruler of this whole country. As long as there's nothing like that, I feel pretty good about it. So that's my uh, Thanksgiving joke. And uh, of course, there's a whole lot more things uh, uh, the, the China should be thankful about the deep state of America. You know, i talked about it before. Uh, as you know, this uh, uh, I just recently learned, just literally last week I learned, the first chief engineer of the Boeing company, the Boeing company who made airplanes, the first chief engineer of Boeing company is a Chinese. But unfortunately, back then, this uh, this is still in the period of uh, the Nader period, N-A-D-E-R. N-A-D-I-R, I believe, Nader period. You can Google it yourself. The first Chinese, the first chief engineer of a Boeing company is a Chinese. But for the reason that he's being a Chinese, he is not allowed to attend different, uh, like air shows for the reason, because there is a Chinese Exclusion Act in force in those days. Mm-hmm. So he ended up going back to China. So he actually built airplanes, not for the communists, but for the government prior to the communist government. And of course, today's success in space by the, ch- uh, by the Chinese in China is totally because the FBI, the J. Edgar Hoover's uh, FBI, literally handed back China a famous jet propulsion expert, Dr. Qian Xuesen. Okay? He passed away in 2009, if I'm not mistaken. But he actually is the one who started the whole Chinese space Program. So there's a lot, you know, the Chinese should be thankful for the wrong reasons uh, for America. It's napalm bomb and it's a racial discrimination policy. So, with that said, I'm going to talk about today's topic. Uh, I have talked about this judicial white privilege thing, not because I dislike white people. I don't, you know, I like all people. I think, you know, human beings are created as a it's just a beautiful thing, period, by by their own creators uh, I, I'm just saying that judicial white privilege is really a very American unique phenomenon, meaning that court literally started injustice. instead the court uphold the justice. so the recent events that shows me that actually everything can be traced back. To the court's decisions. That's why I call it the long arms of a judicial white privilege. That's the title of today's episode. So the long arms has two uh, two meanings. Long arms means that what happened today can go back to the very deep in the history, America's history. The second long arm, the second meaning of the long arm, what I say is that it's about this uh, extra jurisdictional power of U.S. government overseas. I'm going to talk about uh, a few things. Uh, so about these alarm arms uh, in regarding to the uh, US, the jurisdiction of US law and US courts in overseas people and the overseas affairs. This is due to the recent prison swap with Russia, basically the WNBA player with a Russian slash Ukrainian arms dealer uh by the name of about BOUT and also I want to talk about uh these another uh the uh you know the Huawei CFO uh prosecution thing it's all the I call a long arm of the US jurisdiction over foreign individuals when they are not even in the US soil you know everything happened is in outside the United States but somehow US can get the uh, get the Get the, some kind of jurisdiction over these people, which is, I find it to be odd. Because that's related to another thing that P, uh, William is very interesting. It's about pedophile. Uh, I'm going to talk about why there's a no, not a long on of a U.S. jurisdiction against the American citizens committing pedophilia act overseas. In other words, what I'm trying to say is this. If the U.S. have the jurisdiction to go after arms dealer who are selling arms to other countries, that has nothing to do with the U.S. But the U.S. government will not have a jurisdiction over U.S. citizens in other countries involving in pedophilia activities, including, you know, this guy, Jeffrey Epstein, right? Jeffrey Epstein, he's smart. His activity is outside the U.S. He just used a a is a low letter express to transport people out there to an island outside the U.S. jurisdiction. He's smart, right? But we can see U.S. already exercised a lot of jurisdiction overseas, and why we don't go after the pedophilia situations. So, so I'm going to start with this. Uh, so, a few things I want to talk about. One is the Twitter censorship. The other one is the student debt. The third is the prisoner swap, U.S. prisoners prisoner uh, swap. And the last one is the Minsk Accords, according to Angela Merkel, who I admire a great, a great deal. I still admire him a great deal. And uh, so go ahead, William, you want to say something. Yeah, um, I,
1: I would suggest to folks uh, to consider Whitney Webb's latest work um, one nation under blackmail. Unlimited hangout. Also, oh, she's. I'm sorry. Go
0: ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, she uh, wrote two volumes uh, on Epstein. The first one lays the history and the groundwork from U.S. intelligence um, collaboration with organized crime, Operation Underworld, which involves everything you're saying, Peter, and um. It really lays the ground for, for Epstein is, is just a middleman. Do you follow me?
0: There's yes, yes, I do. Yes, because uh, William, you and I talk about you know this uh, Catholic uh, situation, Catholic Church situation is mm-hmm. a multi-jurisdictional activity, right? Because of the those dioceses, they actually most of them cover multiple states. I get, you know, so it's a federal matter. Now, how come the FBI never go after? You know, they all have to leave the to the uh, attorney, uh, Pennsylvania Attorney General uh, Shapiro to go after this kind of a racketeering activity. Well, I said, what happened to the federal authorities? These are federal crimes.
1: Yeah, well, what happened was, to answer your question, December 2020, the uh, DOJ shut down the investigation. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. What they cited was statute of limitations issues. Which are created, by the way, individual in each state. So like, for example, you can have a statute of limitations in New York on this crime of five years. I believe Missouri has a two year statute, whereas Connecticut has a no statute of limitations for minors. They have a tiered statute, 30 years for, for what they call young adults and 20 years for adults on sexual assault. So th- it's so diverse throughout the states. Uh, first of all, to cite the statute of limitations as was done by the d o j their investigation was spawned from the attorney Shapiro's Pennsylvania grand jury investigation. Well, Connecticut has no statute on on that, so for them to blanketly say we're shutting down the investigation, william Barr, uh which appears to be is a devout Catholic um uh-huh. you know the catholic the Catholic mafia, and I want to call this out. Which Whitney Webb does call out the 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 Italian mafia and of course the Catholic Church are one lockstep. Let's be honest, they got to buy indulgences while they murdered people through the Catholic. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. The Jewish mafia and people say, "Oh, you're anti-Semitic." Am I anti-Italian? When I look, I'm anti-criminal activity. You follow (laughs) me? Yes. Period.
0: There's a Chinese criminal too. I'm uh, anti. Of course. You know, there's mafias,
1: uh, yeah, uh, who really run the world, which is her point, but, you know, with Operation Underworld, uh, collaboration between U.S. intelligence and basically mafias around the world, uh, organized crime, so, um, uh, you know, uh, they haven't gone away, they've just uh, been incorporated, even Hoover, Going, she she ties it way back so that's volume one of course I haven't read the book it's like 400 some odd pages I just saw her interviewed uh, and Heidi turned me on to Whitney Webb and uh, boy I'm really glad because Whitney Webb then does another volume where she dives deeper into Glesling I think it's Glessline. how do you pronounce her name Peter I don't recall the one who did get uh, sentenced but she's in uh, the country club prison uh, in Florida um uh, Mr Maxwell's daughter well Maxwell was intelligence uh Mossad intelligence tied in that well tied in with it and uh, I'll finish because I know you want to move on with saying that um that that uh DaCosta, uh who originally prosecuted Epstein um uh, over a decade ago he came out in public and said he was he was a federal prosecutor in Florida if you recall Epstein only got one count of sex trafficking with one minor for that slap on the wrist you know was that mm-hmm. he was told to back off because that scene was intelligence tied in with intelligence you follow me so
0: yes it, he is a informant basically yes uh, he's a informant because i i, I brought this up before it, again this is a thanks to the court fbi is not a law enforcement agency it's That's a spy right. agency yes. a spy agency they the people who help them are called informants, not witnesses. Witnesses are those who witness actual crime. There has to be a victim. And uh, and uh, th- in this case, they'll just say, oh, this guy is our assets. Despite the fact he's a pedophile, he is our assets. Therefore, we have to let him go and, and all that. Oh, yeah, totally. So I, uh, you know, by the way, about the racketeering charges criminal. Have you heard of this is that actually... Because organized crimes are so difficult to detect, the courts in different places have allowed statute of limitation uh, not to be a bar of the uh, of a particular civil case or criminal case. Because the court has said that it all depends on when the victims first learned what happened, what actually happened to them. So basically, the court says these criminals, they, have, they are masterful. In, in, in committing a flight of justice. Therefore, the statute of limitation will not, uh, uh, will, should not bar a criminal proceeding or civil proceeding simply because the time has passed. So you can Google that yourself. The second thing I want to tell you is that in Baltimore, there is a case where a nun uh, is reportedly ref- refused to have a romantic relationship with a pastor, with a priest, and she later was killed. That is a murder case. The murder case should never have a statute of limitation. And uh, the beef uh, of the church critics is that the Baltimore Police Department actually helped covering up that priest's crime. crime. That just makes perfect sense of how evil organized crime can be. Basically, the church infiltrated uh, the local police department. Right, so you would think this will be the number one priority of a federal law enforcement agency, such as FBI, right? But that's not the case, and uh, why? You know, because they are, you know, they clearly the church also have infiltrated the federal uh, law enforcement agencies and the deep state agencies a- a- as well.
1: Peter, can so, I throw in one fact oh, to validate what you're saying? The sure, church hired. Kathleen McChesney, who's a former executive uh, assistant executive director, FBI. They hired her in 2002 after this whole scandal broke in Boston. Remember that? That was the spotlight team for the Boston Globe. And so the church tried to save face. They had something called the Dallas Charter, where Cardinal McCarrick was the lead of that. Well, Kathleen McChesney's uh, former assistant executive director, she's been with them for 20 years. She's still saying there needs to be transparency, accountability. And the fellow who was the face of reform, that Cardinal McCarrick, he finally got defrocked in 2019 for sexually assaulting seminarians and uh, minors. Uh And So where has she been this whole time? Working for the church. There you go, insider, once FBI agent, always an FBI agent. Do you follow me? Just like former, there's no such thing as a former Marine. You see what I mean? You know, you have an oath of office. And if she's an officer of the court, uh, like you mentioned, any other case, anyone who's an officer of the court, lawyers are all officers of the court. Most legislature legislators are lawyers. Obama, Michelle Obama, Lindsey Graham, just to name a few. Do you follow me? So you have people in executive judicial legislative branches who are lawyers as officers of the court. They have an oath of office to do what? Uphold the Constitution and expediate justice and report any treasonous act to the doj do you follow mm-hmm. me yeah and if they yep. don't they're guilty of what's called misprison of treason which as you know would be acting under color of law violating yep. their oath of office the, the 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 constitution our civil rights and but this is standard operating procedure yep. you see what i mean
0: bro like you yep. know what i you know that yes i totally do and i uh well so i uh when before i end today i'm going to go back to your point uh William, uh, about this, uh, but uh, just let me uh, let me continue with this because I won't go back to you because sure. I talked about this briefly before. I want to bring it up again, again, not because I think we can do something about it, but I just want to give you some ideas. Okay, so so I'm going to start with uh, this uh, Twitter censorship. You know, there's a lot of uh, outrage, public outrage, when uh, when this uh, uh, Elon Musk. The first dump of a Twitter files. I think this is probably two weeks ago now. And uh, uh, by the way, I would just say the, the outrage by the Republicans and the Fox News is a very hypocritical. Crit- it's just, they are just, again, I, I've, I've said it before, the so called conservative of Republicans today, I call them optimistic conservative, meaning that if the narrative is good for their political agenda, then they're going to be very loud. They'll be like a crying baby without milk for a couple of weeks. OK, but if it's not good for their political agenda, they'll be so quiet. So. So so they're just as guilty as the as the left side. Of, of, of the mainstream media, so. Very few people got upset with what's already known. I had an episode uh, in the past, I think a month ago, uh, the title is called the the FBI's Disinformation Board because uh, the FBI has recently, due to uh, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, uh, account, that uh, the FBI has acknowledged that as a routine, I'm going to quote that word routine. As a routine, that's FBI's words. The FBI routinely work with the private companies to give them ideas where are potential foreign threats. The FBI placed a statement as a plausible defense, which I don't believe is a defense itself. They're saying the FBI cannot force these private companies to. Do or not what not to do. They are just giving them hints, advice. But that, that itself, I said, is a giveaway is that the FBI actually has a routine. There is a squad, a team, a department within the FBI who routinely will go, with, uh, will, will visit, be on a Zoom call or personally visit these uh, headquarters of this big tech company saying, hey, you need to watch out this China threat. Uh, Hey, you need to look out this uh, Iran threat. You have to look out this uh, Russia threat, and yada, yada, yada. So the FBI already admitted they're doing this as a routine. That is the most astonishing thing because as we all know, the Homeland Security, following the FBI's practice, they have thought about having a disinformation council. And due to the public outrage, they stopped it. But the FBI already is doing that, maybe for years or for decades. And nobody is uh, doing anything about it. So once again, you know, people are saying these are very anti First Amendment. This can be easily abused by the FBI one branch of government to influence the election results. Again, I'm not those uh, Trump uh supporters saying the election is stolen, yada yada yada. But is there irregularity? Yes. Absolutely. These are the things. What happened what what Elon Musk did is a fantastic defense for Donald Trump. If uh, the DOJ today is going to press charges against him. He can use this saying this is how the FBI, the accuser of Donald Trump, the prosecutor this is what they do they actually tried to interfere with the election they tried in an organized fashion on taxpayers' dollars to interf- into to swing the public opinion be f- right before the election so you the trump Donald Trump only need a win juror. To seriously believe that what what I just said is true. And find Donald Trump not guilty. You only need one person to do that. Okay? So 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 these are all good development in a sense that, yes, the country is in the chaos. Our law is a lawless piece of shit. Okay? But it's all good for me because that's what I'm trying to show you guys. So... I want to stress this is that Twitter as a private company, they will not dare to violate people's rights under the First Amendment unless the government approves it. I have said in that uh, FBI, FBI disinformation board episode that the big tech was approved by the government to do what they do. Section 320, if I remember correctly, the number, is to give this immunity for them to do that. In addition to that, you have a routine visit by the CIA, by the State Department, by the FBI, by the Homeland Security, maybe by the White House, too, saying, hey, these are the foreign threats. You should do yada, yada, yada. So what I'm trying to say is this. So remember this. Private company did this. They know there's a legal liability, legal risk, liabilities could happen to them. But when you have a law in support of you doing that, by the way, also by, passed by the by by the government, a one branch of government, Congress. By the way, as you know or may not know, Congress, most Congress members are lawyers. Remember that. Okay, you just Google that. How what how many congressional elected congressmen and congresswomen are actually lawyers? you can google yourself they are supported by a law they are encouraged enticed by the actual deep state agencies then they're going to do it so with that said i'm going to you know give you some historic examples okay in the old case uh, 1876 in a case called the united states versus crick shank C-R-U-I-K-A-S-H-A-N-K, Crikshank. It's an 1876 case where there is an election dispute in the state of Tennessee, if I remember correctly. So a group of black militants support one governor-elect. the A group of white militants supported another governor-elect. So they met up in one of the courthouses somewhere in Tennessee. And long story short, it ends up the white militants was able to convince the black militants to lay down their arms and just go home. As soon as the black militants start laying down their arms, the shooting gets started. So about over 100 black militants were killed. So the government intend to prosecute the leader of the white militants and the U.S. Supreme Court reversed their conviction. Okay, you can go back to check that out. What I'm trying to say is this. This case is a private actor against private actor incident. It's an armed incident. Okay, and uh, uh, the Supreme Court in 1876, when they overturned the conviction of the leaders of these uh, white militants who are responsible for the massacre of these uh, over 100 black militants, when they already laid down their arms, is astonishing all by itself. Okay. And, uh, but this is the first, in my opinion, the judicially approved private and private violent act that are racially motivated. In other words, the leaders of this uh, white militia was able to get away because uh, the US uh, Supreme Court says the government did not allege specific conspiratory act by the defendant in the indictment, okay? You can read, uh, because this is one of the cases I want to talk about in the book. You know, I call it, again, Judicial White Privilege. All these racial injustices actually started with the court. So after this, as we all know, KKK is a white militant group. The fact that KKK can do all this stuff, all these wrongs, again, these are the private citizens against other private citizens, even though there's a 14th Amendment. Why the KKK can last this long is simply because they are allowed by the government to do what they do. Similar to what Twitter, they know they are allowed to do what they do, right? If you read about the Twitter censorship stories, there is a law, this lawyer who is no longer with the Twitter. She is a lawyer for Twitter. She is the gatekeeper of who to censor, who would not right and she should know she is a private person and Twitter is a private company and she t- t- you know she can understand legally that Twitter can't get away from doing this the worst thing could happen to Twitter is public outcry and that's exactly what happened so it's my opinion my humble opinion is that you really have to go after the government the government actor Behind what the private actors doing, okay? KKK would not have lasted long if the Fourteenth Amendment were enforced in sincerity. It's not because U.S. Supreme Court already set the example in that case, United States versus Kriekshank. Okay, so it's the same thing with uh, as I talk about that. Uh, Before Edward Snowden, this this AT&T employee, a whistleblower, came out in public saying the AT&T in California actually have a a room with a hard wire, with all the optical wire connected to the AT&T's network. That that particular dedicated room is feeding information towards the government as a part of the mass surveillance of Americans' telecommunications. So in other words, when AT&T did that, of course, that, that's a private actor. It's like a Verizon tapping into my phone. Why tap my phone? Well, Verizon you know, is a private company. When AT&T did that, they knew full well. Legally speaking, the government is behind what they're doing. And they know it's illegal. But since the government is supporting that, they will do it, right? So this is brought to, this is again, all these information I brought up to you about the FBI disinformation board, the Twitter censorship, the Facebook censorship, you call it anyway, it is mostly all about one thing, national security, foreign threats. OK, it's less about the vaccine and less about, uh, you know, uh, transgender education, but about, less about domestic stuff. It's more about anything related to so-called foreign threats, the typical deep state excuses. So as I said earlier uh, in a, a Williams show, Williams morning, wake up with coffee and with William and Heidi show. uh, on a Sunday morning, right? So in the China Initiative launched in 2018, Christopher Wray, the FBI director, has openly said in the Congress and to the public saying, look, the threat from China is so huge, we need every Americans to participate. And he called this, the whole society response, meaning that he, he literally will go to the universities. Remember, university is supposed to be the place where the First Amendment rights are most sacred. No, people may say the church is. Well, the church is a separate story, because when you talk about church, I'm not sure about the mosque, because I think the FBI raided the mosque in the past. I'm pretty sure, but FBI will never raid the church for apparent reasons. The uh, you know basically, Christopher Ray literally went to colleges saying, "Hey, you need to report this Chinese scientist." Okay, it's not about what actual crime they committed. As long as they have any communication with entities and persons in China, you should report to us. It's your citizen's duty to do that. He called it the whole society response. What does that mean? The whole society. Well, the whole society, a society, at least it can be, you know, separated by government versus people. Right? I myself is an ordinary citizen. William is an ordinary citizen. We don't represent government. We get along with with our neighbors, we go to work, we do some shopping, we travel sometimes, that's it. We don't do government business. I myself know that if we are invaded by a foreign countries, I might have to pick up an arm, train myself how to shoot, and participate in the defense of our homeland. But by the way, all our defense department, homeland security, is all about invading other countries, interfere with other countries. It has nothing to do with our own homeland defense. So, so the whole society response is this. Not only dealing with this uh, counterintelligence threat is a government's job, it's also a private citizen's job. It's the private citizens should act as a informants assets like a Jeffrey Epstein to be the FBI's counterintelligence assets to help us to report any suspicious person not for what they did but for who they are okay. In these days if you ever say something in the social media in support of Russia, you are automatically considered to be, by the way, it is on the National Security Division's website, you'll be automatically considered to be someone trying to work with the foreign influences to cause distrust or discourse in the United States. You will be labeled as that person. The FBI's National Security Division can take counterintelligence actions against you just simply because your neighbor or a fellow social media podcaster reported you. That's called whole society response, meaning they want a private person to act as if they were a police, they were a government counterintelligence specialist. That's what they do. So going back to the Twitter is this. What Twitter did is a part of the whole society response, OK? It is entirely linked, connected, coordinated with the FBI routine, OK? So so to me, the key is that you really have to go back to the history, which I talked about already. At what stage, at what point in the history of the United States, the court give the deep state unlimited power under color of a national security. As long as a president come out and say, we are under attack in a cyber warfare with Russia or in an economic warfare with China or a terrorist warfare with Iran, boom, a government has a perfect legal excuse to deprive ordinary Americans constitutionally protected rights. That's what they do. And they have a clever name for it, right? In this case, it will be the whole society response. You know, so that is the first topic, you know, I want to I want to cover the the uh. The next topic I want to talk about is student debt. You would think student debt, you know, I know there's a lot of Americans owing a lot of money, which I'm very sympathetic. You know, I myself, as an example, I'll tell you this. Uh, I got my two college degrees in China before I came to the United States. Then I attended a graduate program at Villanova University, uh, to which I paid about $3,000 in the first semester, And then in the following semester, I got the graduate assistantship. So the tuition is waived and with a small stipend. So I'm, you know, I'm debt free as soon as I graduate. I'll tell you, that's a huge difference. Now, I personally cannot imagine anyone to carry a a student debt of, uh, say, $30,000. I will lose sleep over that, Okay, I consider a tremendous financial chain tied to a person with his office chair, you know, whatever you want to call it. I'm very sympathetic with that. Okay, but as we all know, student debt relief program, now it's stopped by two legal actions, if I remember correctly. I did not read it particularly deep, but I'll tell you, the student debt is going to be reversed. You know, it's actually will date back to the court's decisions. I'll be real quick with that. We all know about this case, famous case called the Brown versus Board of Education. A lot of lawyers, judges, including the mainstream medias, they will celebrate this Brown versus Board of Education, how great it is, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But very few people tell you another case, which is is a it's a 1974 case if I remember correctly. It's about 20 years after the Brown versus Board of Education. That case's name is called San Antonio Independent School District versus Rodriguez. San Antonio Independent School District versus Rodriguez rather is a Mexican name. In this case, the courts evaluate this, that the Texas public education finance system violates the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause by failing to distribute funding equally among all school districts. So let me repeat, that particular case is about whether the public educational finance Systems, you know, as we know it today, did they violate the 14th Amendment when they do not dispute funding equally among all school districts? Basically, the wealthy school district may get, to say, $2,600 per, purple, uh, per student. This is about elementary school. And then for the poor school, this is a rigorous kid's uh, attend, they only got $500. OK, it's a very drastic difference. So that is one question. The second question is, uh, 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 that, that is this question. The Rodriguez Court say no, it is OK for the wealthy disc- school district from in wealthy areas to receive more funding compared to the poor school district. That is a reversal of Brown versus Board of Education. Okay, I will not go deep into why on that, but I will just use that as an example. The court made the decision based on this this question. Is education a fundamental right under the Constitution for any citizens or person in the United States? As As you can see the importance of this question, if uh, education is an entitlement for every citizen, in this case, it's actually elementary school education, it's not college education. If elementary school education is a fundamental right under the, the, the Constitution, then the court will say, yes, unequal funding is a violation of the 14th Amendment. However, the court at that time says in this court saying, no, the, it is not a fundamental rights to the elementary school education for these young kids. You take that into considered college education. So your first question will be asked, in my opinion, I don't know how the court is gonna decide because the Supreme Court is gonna hear this student relief program two cases in February of next year. But the court will similarly ask this question, is getting college education, again, this is not about elementary school education in a public school setting. This is about getting student loan to attend private school or public, uh, to attend private colleges or public colleges. Oh, by the way, I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm against this uh, San Antonio versus Rodriguez decisions. I think it's a reversal of a Brown versus Board of Education. I believe it's already bad that the Brown versus Board of Education is for the court to correct its own mistake of a Plassey versus a Ferguson that's established separate but equal. 75 years after Plassey versus Ferguson, the court corrected its own mistakes. But now 20 years later, after the Brown versus Board of Education, the court again reversed itself saying, it's okay, the elementary school kids, they do not have a fundamental right for equal educational opportunity. Therefore, the poor kids in the poor school district going through very important elementary school educations, it's okay they, they have a, a, a poor quality uh, classrooms, uh, teaching resources, uh, teachers and all that. It's okay. That's what the Rodriguez course says. Remember, this is with the Mexican parents. These are Mexican kids. They are less important. They are less important people, according to the course. Right, so now you bring that to your college tuition, college loans. Is the court going to say, well, getting a private college education is someone's fundamental rights, therefore, any money you borrow you should not return you need not to return them. I doubt it i doubt it so 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 this is in addition to what these republicans argument. Because these lawsuits, I'm told, is by the Republicans, the state attorney general in different red states. The red states' argument is this: only Congress can authorize student loan relief program, not the president. They are correct, legally speaking. They are correct. It's absolutely correct. But guess what? getting congress to do that it will be so impossible just as is to getting congress to consider reparation okay so so for that two reasons i want to show you guys that this student loan relief program actually goes back to a racial case in this Rodriguez's case, the Mexican case, is that in which the Supreme Court already said in 1974, getting your elementary school education is not a fundamental right under the Constitution of the United States. Okay, by the way, I have a whole bunch of reasons why I said this is so bad. It's, this is, it's a reversal of a Brown versus Board of Education, but it will be in a separate episode. So that's that. So the third thing I want to talk about uh, is uh, the prisoner swap, and uh, uh, AKA the overseas jurisdiction of U.S. laws, U.S. courts, and U.S. government, basically. <laughs> so here's what I learned recently, and this is related to Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, and all that. Okay, and the Huawei CFO. So. Because uh, I do not know this guy, Mr. Bao, who is an arms dealer, who is a part of the prisoner swap between U.S. and Russia. I, actually, you know, I kind of like this guy, uh, this, this woman, or guy, I don't know, Brittany, uh, uh, what was it, Greer is his name, uh, her name, uh, the WNBA player. I, I think anyone, who, any Americans who can afford it, they should carry some small amount of uh Drugs and fly to Russia. This is my opinion. So you end up in Russian Russian jail. Say hey, just tell the, uh, the Putin say hey, I'm here to help you to have a more opportunity to do a prisoner swap with the United States. You know, you know maybe Putin will put you to a nice fancy hotel, label that as a prison for your drug offense in Russia. So you will be in a in a quote jail, unquote in Russia while the Putin can use you as a, a palm to know, negotiate with the United States to do more prisoner swap. That may not be a bad deal. You know, you got a free tourist visa, and uh, you stayed in a nice hotel, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you got you, you, you do some good. So this guy, uh, about, so I heard this. This guy is an arms dealer. I'm not saying he's a good person per se okay you know i hate wars and uh, i think arms kills people you know with very few uh, they're all bad with a few exceptions you know remember the chinese uh, thanksgiving joke i just told about how the napalm bomb killed the the only good son of a chairman mao which totally prevent china to be like north korea today so maybe napalm bomb can be Put in good use sometimes by accident, of course. In this case, so so uh, the uh, so Baud is an arms dealer. His activity mostly in Africa, maybe in South America. I don't I don't know, but he's an arms dealer. So he he sells arms just after the Soviet Union collapsed. He is a Ukrainian, I know that. He had a nothing with the United States. I don't, he, I don't think he has nothing to do with the, the U.S. He never come to America, blah, blah, blah. He just never been here before. But somehow U.S. has the jurisdiction in Thailand. U.S. was able to convince the Thai government that U.S. law has jurisdiction in Thailand. So when this guy landed in Thailand, the Thai authority will arrest him and extradite him back to the U.S. and face trial and put in jail for 14 years. Okay, this is the one thing. So because of this swap, I heard from this uh, uh, guy, uh, Richard Methurst, uh, a, a very good uh, Middle Eastern. I mean, he is a British citizen, but with a Middle Eastern uh, uh, heritage. Uh, David, uh, sorry, uh, Richard Medhurst, I think. He got on this guy, a Spanish guy, David Mendoza Harat H-E-R-R-A-R-T-E. This David Harat is a, a drug dealer, but his drug dealing, what I heard is that has nothing to do with the United States. He probably did some drug dealing outside the U.S., but as a part of the war on drugs, the U.S. was able to get him arrested in Spain, and brought back to the U.S. and face trial, and put in jail. Uh, wait a minute, I, I can. So put in in, uh, in jail in uh, in the U.S. Despite the fact that U.S. government promised this defendant, David Mendoza Harati, that. If he will conv- he if he was to be convicted, he will be serving his sentence in Spain, because Spain is where his family is at. This guy literally has nothing to do with us. Yes, he dealt with drugs and all that, but he's in, outside this country. Okay, again, you know, if a drug dealer on the street corner of a Mexico City dealing drugs, what that has to do with us? Nothing. But somehow the alarm arm of the U.S. jurisdiction was able to get him. Okay, so this is another thing. A third thing is of course Edward Snowden. As we know, the U.S. government took, uh, somehow uh, was able to cancel the passport at Edward Snowden when he was in Hong Kong. So by the way, if you are born a U.S. citizen, are you entitled for a U.S. passport? As an uh, alienable right. Can your government actually take your passport away or cancel it? Now, I do know one government can do that. That is Chinese government. When I was in China, I know this for a fact, that as a Chinese citizen, you are not automatically entitled to a passport book, which I find out to be odd, which I'm totally against. But somehow in the Edward Snowden case, The U.S. government can actually cancel his passport when he was in Hong Kong. And then, of course, as we all know, the U.S., again, using its somewhat kind of a long-arm jurisdiction, saying the Hong Kong authority should hand back, Edward Snowden, back to the U.S. authority. So my question is this, again, in what Edward Snowden did in Hong Kong that have a injured Hong Kong's people or Hong Kong's government. If if Edward Snowden as a criminal did nothing that harmed Hong Kong's interest, what is the obligation of a Hong Kong authority to hand back Edward Snowden to the U.S.? The long arms of this, again, like I said before, this judicial white privilege is coming out of this uh, Moral superior authority, you know, the, 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 the American exceptionalism, whatever one you call, you want to call it. I, I recently called it, called white ethicism, meaning the whites are always more ethical. They, they are, they are born to be the judge, the, the judge in the tribunal of ethics and all that. So we ratio is that so Edward Snowden is in Hong Kong. He did not break any Hong Kong law. He, he's not supposed to be in custody of a Hong Kong authority, period. His passport is a is a natural-born entitlement. And the long arm of a U.S. jurisdiction should never reach that. But guess what? No judges in this country, in this court, in this country, has ever questioned the state deep state's claim that the u s law actually can extend this far to Thailand for Mr Bout to Edward Snowden in Hong Kong to Julia Assange in u k again you know Julia Assange, an Australian citizen doing some news work publication in uk in u k or somewhere else not in the u s Right, find some stolen properties. It's true the secret document are stolen by someone, but not by the Julian Assange himself. Right? Uh, by the way, you know, you know, and how come you don't indict the Wikipedia as an organization, just like you indict the Trump organization for tax fraud, without indicting Trump? So going back to the Julian Assange, same thing. It's a jurisdictional issue is always the first question in any cases, criminal or civil. The court always asks, do I have jurisdiction over this matter, over this person? This person bout. Yes, we know he's dealing arms overseas. But what is our jurisdiction of our law that can reach this far? The long arms of Americans' jurisdiction. They do, we do not. This is what I'm trying to say. Just like any Mexicans, unless they cross the border into the U.S., the U.S. authority being a court, being the Congress. Right? So, 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 so now I'm going to do the creative part. Okay? So remember, the, the these judges, they all read laws. They should have asked this question for the first, the very first question. Number one, what is the court's jurisdiction to sign off this arrest warrant of a bout, of a Snowden, of Assange, of a Huawei CEO, Meng? They should ask that. The government has the burden of proof to say, yes, here's why. And as a matter of fact, the criminals, the, the, the defendant, uh, being criminal or not, can can appeal these decisions. Up to the appellate court saying, the U.S. should mind its own business. Yes, I'm selling drugs. Yes, I'm a pedophile, but I'm in Thailand. I'm not a U.S. citizen. You have nothing to do with me. Yes, I'm a criminal, but U.S. law does not apply to me. That's the very first question, right? So I'll tell you, what's the creativity of these traditional white privileges? They're not dumb people. They're very smart. They are Harvard educated. They are Yale educated. They are Stanford educated. They're very smart, okay? They do have a, you know, they have to have a self-entitled moral superiority, and they have that smart. They will be creative. So in the Huawei case is this. Again, I'm very quiet. Qual- with the Huawei case even though I'm Chinese you know and uh, how the US gained the jurisdiction with Huawei is the swift banking system it's very very long stretched long arm jurisdiction this is bizarre okay so this is a bank it's a British bank called the HSBC it's a this is a United Kingdom bank, uh, bank it's not a US bank of course they are on the swift system, the international bank, this bank was caught dealing with some trade with Iran in violation of some U.S. law. So as a part of the plea agreement, this bank agreed to be more careful and yada, 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 okay, so to avoid prosecution. So that's what happened. So for some reason, Huawei used this bank also. So, one of the subsidiary of Huawei or whatever is having dealings with Iran. So, for whatever reason, that they are all using this SWIFT, you know, clearly responsible for all the banking transactions, is in violation of this US law. And that is why when she is in Canada, the U.S. told Canada, by the way, you know, it's just a vassal state of the United States, say, go arrest her. We want to extradite her to the U.S. What I bring up is this. It's not about this Huawei CFO, because after all, she's back. And China is a sovereign nation, not the, the, the bitch nation, prostitution nation, such as Japan, Germany, where you literally have a standing army of a U.S., a foreign government. In your own country, right? China is a sovereign company, uh, country. There's no foreign troops, so the China can say, "No, we're not going to, you know, we're going to fight. We're not going to give you that. We're going to take certain actions. We're going to arrest two Canadian citizens. This is an act of war. This is an act of hostility. This is not an act of a law enforcement, right?" So, story short sure is this. I want to go back to this SWIT system excuse. I'm not against it, but I want to tell you this. For the longest time, I know this. Middle-aged white males loves young girls. That's why there's a lot of ch- church abuse. We know that. Despite the fact these priests, they are uh, they self uh uh self-claimed uh what a celebrate right you know they're not into sex and all that right and but for some reason I do know for a fact there's a lot of old age middle age old age white males from Europe and America who travel to Southeast Asian countries such as Cambodia Thailand for the purpose of not just prostitution a child prostitution. Is that a fact? You know, please, you know, call in if you disagree with me. Now, I'm not saying this because uh, I hate white people. I'm just saying predominantly middle aged white male likely will have a more materials resources such as the money, houses, investment, and all that. You know, just like a the client of clients of a Jeff. Everstein. They have extra dose, they are into little girls, where do they travel to Thailand, Cambodia, and uh, you know, and all those uh, poor countries, and I know in those countries, I've said, you will have literally fathers of the young girls holding the hands of their young daughter to peddle for child sex, okay? We all know that, we all know that. You can Google that up. You no, know, I have a recent confirmation uh, uh, by, by this uh, uh, former US Marine who living in Thailand uh, by, by the name of Brian uh, He His show is called the New Atlas, N-E-W, New Atlas, A-T-L-A-S on YouTube. He is a former U.S. Marine living in Thailand. He's, you know, just a few days ago, he said, you know, he said there's a lot of expats in Thailand, and we know they are doing shady business. What shady business? Child prostitution. Now, is child prostitution bad? Is it banned by the United States? I think it is. But we have a jurisdiction over if an American, a white middle-aged white Americans conducting child prostitution in Thailand or in Malaysia or in the uh, Philippines or in uh, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos. Just think about it. Where these people's assets and the banking transaction happen on the SWIFT, right? On the SWIFT system. Did they violate the law using that system as a tool to violate that law? You bet. Does FBI has jurisdiction over these people being Americans? Being using American banking system? Doing something that is considered to be international crimes. Under the UN Charter. they do, I actually they probably do, okay. Because if what's good for this Huawei CFO, being that she is the in charge of a banking activities of Huawei, and that she has access to SWIFT systems, and somehow she is in violation of a of a, of a Iran related laws, U.S. laws. Therefore, she need to be arrested in Canada, be extradited to the U.S. If you think that's your stand, they'll tell you there's literally tens of thousands white, middle-aged, wealthy, relatively wealthy Americans, males, in those South Asian countries, doing nothing but child prostitution. Should the FBI go after them? Apparently not. Why not? Because the targets are white. That is the same reason why Jeff Everstein is not being pursued. Because these criminals who get away from laws is because this government, as always said, is a, this this so-called democracy in America, I have always said this, it's called a white majoritarian democracy, plain and simple. It's plain and simple. The same law, the same tricks is going to be applied primarily to the racial minorities, for the politically weak groups, to the legally naive people, I'll tell you this. OK, real quick, because this guy, David uh, Harati, he's on a show with uh, Richard uh, Methurst with a another American journalist. He said this, this is hilarious, which I totally agree. Is the FBI love to go after people who don't speak perfect English that include Russians, Chinese, Mexicans. You know why? Because this, when they do those interrogation, of court proceedings, you know, you will think our justice system would give them free translator service. They, these people facing the worst sentence for the crime they purportedly committed, they probably need the best translators to know which English words means what when it's spoken by the prosecutor's office by the FBI right? They actually love to not to give them translator services. They love to these people. uh, By the way, in my opinion, is this. If you go after a Mexican drug dealer, you really need to speak Spanish to do all the interrogation. To me, the entire trial should be in Spanish. Okay? It's only because the defendant should be afforded the maximum protection of being abused by a judicial proceeding. The number one judicial proceeding abuse could happen just because they do not know the actual words of the English. They don't speak perfect English, legally speaking. That actually put them into legal jeopardy. That's happened to many Chinese. That happened to many Russians. That happened to many non-English speakers. Right, so 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 all this stuff. You have actual long arms of the judicial white privilege. These are very smart people, right? They are all in the cohes and all that yada yada yada, right? So, so so they they, they actually make up all these technicalities to gain this jurisdiction over foreign people. You no, know? are you know c- crimes they may have uh, committed, yes, but does U.S. really have jurisdiction over them? Is this supposed to be the first question to be asked? And why nobody asks that? Not even the lawyers for these defendants. But guess what? These lawyers are American-born, American-educated lawyers. They belong to the same trade union of a legal profiteer called the Bar Association. Their job is not to uphold justice, their job is not to question the all the long arms of the judicial white privilege because that's how they make their money. All right. So 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 so, so that is that's the the topics I want to talk about. This uh, prisoner swap and the long arm of the judicial white privilege. And lastly, quickly, I'm going to talk about the Minsk Accords, because this really is a bombshell. Angela Merkel is well respected. I know in the world, she's a woman. She is the leader of Germany for 16 years, and not just the people globally. The people in Germany have a well regard of these fine women. She recently came out and said the Minsk Accord was never supposed to be a treaty. It was a tool to buy some time for the Ukraine to arm itself to have an actual war with the Russia. That is astounding to me for many, many reasons because she's probably the most decent German leader I have never known. To, for her to say that shocks me for a few reasons. For, for this is this, I have said it before. I'm doing this shows because of this. I believe a lot of disputes between among people, person to person, like say me and William has a dispute. Most of these disputes, or countries between countries, these can be done civilly, resolved. Meaning, you know, in the US we can go to the court, hopefully there's a functional justice system. We can peacefully resolve our disputes. So there's no need to use violence to resolve our differences. But guess what? The Europeans is horrible in making that happen. Because like I said before, the first world war started in Europe, the second one started in Europe, and now the third one started in Europe. So why there's a war? Because the European countries, they don't respect treaties. Right In the U.S., our situation is that we made, our federal government made over 400 treaties with Native Americans. And none, I'm told, I'm told, I'm not an expert, I'm told, none of those treaties with Native Americans were actually enforced. So going back to Angela Merkel, so she's telling the truth, which I still give her credit for that. If what she said is true, I believe it is. it just shows once more when you are dealing with a white people, a white power, a white government, a white majoritarian democracy democracy it may be, but it's a white majoritarian democracy. You need to look at the treaties very carefully. you need to make treat those accords very, very carefully. Do they mean anything at all? Like I have said, you know, the 14th Amendment is sometimes called the War Amendment, meaning this is a law put on the book after a civil war, a bloody civil war, right? And it is the U.S. Supreme Court in Plassey versus Ferguson that invalidated the 14th Amendment. Meaning that the war amendment to me, is like a treaty after a war. And we are very good at abolish those treaties, abolish those accords. And Angela, uh, Angela Merkel confessed that one more time. So so I, my understanding is that this word Anglo-Saxon means two group of people. One is from the Britain the England, the other one is from Germany. So, Saxon is from Germany. So, I'm assuming Angela Merkel is a Saxon. And we, the Americans, are considered from the Anglo roots. We are not good at keeping our words, keeping our treaties. That is a trouble, right? So, what I want to stress, I want to, then I'm going to question how come that happened all the time? And I realized that it all all goes back to that uh, moral and the political chart of the inhabited world that I keep bringing up, which is dated around 1826. Because uh, the world is classified or categorized with a civilized world, semi-civilized world and savages. Russians are considered savages. Native Americans are considered savages. Africans are considered savages. The Chinese are considered half-civilized. So are the Indians, Indian in India, and Japanese. So it's usually the civilized people who will not respect the treaties made with the half-civilized people or savage peoples, savages, because they are savages. Okay, the second thing is this it's always those who are militarily stronger who will dishonor any treaties. They can get away from it, like us, right? We put the, all the Native Americans to the reservations. With this we disregard all the treaties we signed with them. Why we can do that is because. We have a bigger arms, bigger nuclear weapons, like Trump said, we have a bigger buttons, right? So that is what's extremely discouraging because this shows again, the Ukraine war is because of a lawlessness. What's the source of this lawlessness? is those who pretend to be morally superior, legally more superior, and militarily more superior. Okay, so that is how I see it. So like I said, all these recent events, hilariously or not, it all goes back to my theory of a judicial white privilege, meaning that somehow we are always on the high ground legally speaking morally speaking when we are not when we are not and so so for that you know so for, for, for that's what i want to talk about for 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 today and uh and and again i'm not trying to advocate for russia or its war in ukraine but i want to share with people that how I explain the situation, and that's why I always strongly advocate that. We need to have a functioning justice system that is truly equal for a multiracial society. And I guess what? I have some hope. I still do have hope. You know, despite the bad news I'm telling you. One very positive thing I've been seeing, I mean, you guys probably may not see. I don't even see it a lot is the World Cup. World Cup is a soccer game. It's too bad it did not pick up uh, in the U.S. To the, to, you know, to, the, to the intensity in other countries. But I'll tell you this. I watched soccer 30, 40 years ago, and I watched a few games these days. I just think soccer has truly become a very multiracially uh, triumphant game. Meaning that each country's, each different group, racial, ethnic group, they are all very passionate about this game, the soccer game. I tell you, I know Brazilians are extremely passionate. So are the Russians, so are the English people, so are the French, so are all those African countries, right? And I remember this parent in DC had told me this. He said, playing soccer is the most, is the cheapest, uh game to to have a kids to play because uh, you just need a, a shorts and a, a t-shirt then you can uh, and uh, uh the, the the shoes and you can play you know it's the cheapest sports you can have your kids get involved then it's a very healthy you literally will not stop running right and i want to stress is uh, it's such a passionate game so all people from all over the world is very passionate about it but everybody is being able to follow the rules of the game. I have not seen any racial riots of any riots like those, uh, you know, English soccer fans, hooligans, they're called. Everybody's civil, they celebrate their victories, they they cry for their defeat, but there's no I do not see any pronounced hate against any groups racial groups or country and all that, because of this or that. Everybody seems to be able to get along. So I see that as a great thing. I see that as the new world order. Nobody is superior than the other. Everybody can play the same game. Uh, by the way, a lot of those uh, African countries, uh, South American countries, they are actually coached by the European coaches. And I'll tell you, these European coaches, they did a fantastic job to really to take advantage of, of the talents of the local people, right? So everybody can thrive under the same rule. That's what should happen in the American justice system. Our justice should not be the one as a source of injustice, but a a, a, a venue where you can get a reasonable settlement, uh, agreement, out of any disagreement among people, among groups. So so that's, you know, what I want to talk about. So for today, now, uh to, you know, to, to just to as a extra, you know, topics, uh, if William wants to chime in. So I want to bring this up, William, just because this is just my observation recently, okay? Now, I know in Delaware it's this case. I'm pretty sure in Connecticut, in the the federal government, uh, in the federal government is likely the case. Our constitution calls for separation of government, three branches, right? So guess what? I know in Delaware is this. All three branches of government, they are on the same computer system. Meaning their emails are on the same system. They are instant messaging at work. It can be Teams or it can be something else. They are in the same system. That's the same thing for federal government. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you, you you can doubt about what I just said. I would love someone to find it out. So, when the three branches of the government, they are all on the same computer system. They literally can chat with each other nonstop, freely, with no prohibition. Anything. Do we still have a separate but equal branch of a government? Or do they have actually become, through technology, by the way, a single Malefic block of a governing body of the people. I found that that to be very troubling. again this is what I just recently thought about. So I would love to hear what you have, you know, on that.
1: All right, boy, boy, we got a lot to cover. The, the live chat, <laughs>
0: sorry, go ahead. Me and
1: Big Mouth Baby Mom
0: you you know jump in and do the calling this is calling i wanted to hear you talking you know (laughs) go ahead there's a baby uh baby mouth um, uh sorry say the big mouth baby mom you know
1: she says laugh out loud she's laughing now um uh, i don't i mean uh, wow as far as there is no separation of powers there is no separation of corporate, uh, transnational, that includes the Catholic and Mormon churches, um, the banksters. In other words, they all work together. The idea that there is any separation is is blown out by the big tech scandals where now Homeland Security, there's evidence have directly influenced um, you know, big tech and which is against the Constitution. Do you follow me? Yeah. And um, that uh, that recently came out. I haven't posted anything on the live chat because I didn't want to be searching the web while I was waiting to call in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, but um, I recall reading about that recently. Um, of course, we have the Smith Month. Uh, <laughs> modernization act I'm mean, i'll just call the propaganda act i mean it's what it is like we mentioned earlier peter where mm-hmm. where our government state department working directly with media to propagandize us through all forms of media as signed off by obama 2012 well he's just a puppet because the FOIA uh requests uh emails we've all, uh, that chase morgan appointed his cabinet you know what i mean it's like and and you know just to, one more pin on it. As far as Trump bringing in any type of reform, you know, that's and I like Chris Hedges when he talks about you know that's magical thinking because the bottom line is that. well, let's look at one concrete example. Trump brings in Steve Mnuchin, the foreclosure king. You know what I mean? In California, who Kamala Harris wouldn't go after? Uh-huh. Who was millions of foreclosure king, doing automatic foreclosures on all the folks during two thousand eight nine, you know, housing scandal. Um, and now he becomes Trump's Treasury Secretary, and we know what happened to the CARES Act money, another greatest transfer of wealth upward, as always, you know, trickle-down? No. You know, he's spurting up. You know what I mean? So, alright, so that's my, my rant, but um, anyway... Um, no,
0: no, but... Uh, uh, yeah, so, no, no, I want you to... I'm going to force you to think further, okay, Well, then, You dealt with a lot of cool stuff, right? But oh, yeah. imagine this. The prosecutor on your case can instantly messaging the judge on the same computer system. I'm being serious here. No, oh, I, I'm wow. not saying, oh, <laughs> let me try to get this guy's uh, judge, uh, William Smith. Let me get his uh, phone number. I want to talk to him. As you know, it's an ex parte communication. It's actually disallowed. You know that, right? That's you know, true. Right? But, mm-hmm. but no, I'm not talking about this guy making an extra effort to get an ex parte. No. This guy can literally see this judge on the team's channel. Uh I literally want people who work in the government to come out and say, is this the case? Because I think it is. So in other words, before you show up in the court, that prosecutor already made, and not through phone, just through the government, taxpayer paid a technical platform saying, hey, by the way, that guy, uh, William Bonanato, whatever your name is. I'm sorry, William. I have not got your Italian. <laughs> I have not got your... is good. You did my whole yeah. life. You're in good company. <laughs> that happens all the time. So, so you know, they let say, no, this guy's going to show you a courtroom. Uh, this guy is a nasty piece of, uh, you know, you know what. And uh, they literally can do this. They don't need to go through private phone conversation. I, you know? Oh, I totally and agree. Can you do a four-year well, we they... case? Hey, I want to know all these uh, uh, internal communication activities. and I do not need to know the content. I want to know how often the judges will have uh, internal communications with other, other branch of the government. How Just the frequency, not the content. That I'm going to show, is this a, still a separation of our government, of their power? Are they supposed to watch each other as a check and balance? Or are actually, they literally can't have a Zoom birthday party and while talking about the, mm, this guy Williams' case. I'm being serious here. I think I told you. Well, go, ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I mean,
1: where do I start? Where do I end? Um, Let's start with an ethical, American Bar Association, ethical 8.3 whereby any judge and our attorney is supposed, they're supposed to be self-policing. You follow yes. me? And report any offender to treason, you know, uh, violations of civil rights of, of citizens uh, to authorities, uh, which would be the DOJ. Do you follow me? Uh, obviously who's above the uh, judicial branch. It would be the executive branch. You know yes. what I mean? To bring crimes. All right. So, However, it's all connected and it's all, um, what's the right word? A criminal, uh, cabal of activity. Do you follow me? The the theory is great. We know it really happens. And so as far as tracking those emails and seeing them, uh, through FOIA, um, well, I, I mean, Go
0: for it. See, when that's why I love talking to you. No, right. you and I like you said it before, we may disagree with each other on other things, mm-hmm. right? But we you know, I truly enjoy talking with you because uh, you know, I first of all I'm sympathetic with uh, what you what happened to you, right? And also I'm in the same trench with you when it comes to the church impregnating state i actually call the the church impregnating state meaning the church is actually having sex with our government when the constitution said they, these two have to be separate you know just like little have you have to separate little girls with those catholic priests basically that's what i'm trying to say so so yeah you know that's one thing and the the uh you know the because i you know i know i can tell that you have a, a uh, Times so you will probably be tired, a disabled person, and all that. I would love to see you do like a morning show, like Good Morning America with uh, William and Heidi, you know, and do a <laughs> series, do it on a daily basis, you know, just like a, a what is the guy, a Morning Joe or whatever, you know. But I don't, I don't watch mainstream mm. media. Okay, I just know they, they're there. You do your own version of a Morning Joe, you know, and uh, you can read stories in the in the mainstream media and just give the sh- get you know throw a shitstorm, you know on on, on, <laughs> on the bakeries right right and uh, you know i'm pretty sure you can do that so i know uh, i'll be happy to you know join in from time to time you know and uh, and uh, you know so not nah, that you no, know, that's what i uh that's what you know
1: well to answer to respond to that um i was able to publish six rooms in what i call meathead's corner my little thing uh, and then it's been uh, glitches according to charlie Um, some problem maybe with my internet connection but that hasn't changed and I never have any trouble when I do YouTube or calling in I do everything Wi-Fi because my data connection here is so poor due to location Mm -hmm. so I'm having difficulty publishing anything Heidi and I have talked about maybe doing something together and I'd be happy to do that we have our differences too Heidi and I Um, and that's I I think would make the show even more interesting it's that way it wouldn't be you know homogenous we could have point counterpoints you know, like, you know,
0: like this things like about that. about the technical side yeah. publishing i'll be more than happy to sure. help you as you know you can tell i like you you know that right you know we disagree but i like you you yeah, know thanks. that. so you know about the technical uh, technical stuff i can help you big big time and uh i can i i think i told i told my audience i make good money and uh, i'm doing this uh uh, uh semi uh uh, uh uh, was an off-grid living uh, i'm trying to experiment with that and uh, for the purpose of a cutting down again going back to this guy uh, henry david Thoreau, he said this if you want to fight with the government you make sure you have the least personal belongings that the government can come after you <laughs> so so i'm trying to come to a a, a situation where i p- only pay about six hundred dollars property taxes <laughs>
1: I got really... I'm sorry about That's that. Right. I was trying to load something in your chat, and That's bang, right. the volume kicked in. I didn't mean to do that. That's Go ahead. Right. I'm sorry. That's
0: right. So so what I'm trying to say is that, uh, but I'm very technically savvy, so i have be more than happy to help you how to publish something, and I'll, I'll walk you through. But, but the way oh, a daily show, but again, I do mm-hmm. believe you have a natural talent. I'm pretty sure Heidi has a natural talent of doing this. You know the mainstream media what do they do they just read other people's news and comment about it you can do the same you can do the same you know i just think you know uh you know we need in this country need, need common sense people like yourself like Heidi to make ourselves being heard and uh you know i i'm all for that you know and uh So by all means, you know, and uh, let me know what you think. And uh, because again, you have to have times because I know, you know, know, for the, you know, you you can tell I have not been doing this uh, weekly thing for a few weeks simply because uh, I'm middle of this. No, it's, you know, I literally, I was now parking in Home Depot doing this for better internet connection, but also because I've been coming here buying a lot of construction stuff for my newly acquired properties. And I'm about to also go out to to Florida, you know, as an off-grid uh, living trip, uh, all the way down there to get away from the winter a little bit. But uh, but but I'll be more than happy to help you to how to set it up, you know, including how you can you know simulcast uh, on YouTube and the call-in and the show pictures and all that. You know if you have a sincere interest to do so and if you have the uh you know commitment to do so you know by all means you know and uh i'll be happy to you know join in you know from time to time you know to make my you know contribution you know i will be the uh 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 contributor of uh william and heidi show you know stuff like that
1: <laughs> you can be a uh... Our media spokesperson and producer, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, awesome. Well, you know, let me just give you a little you know, context. I got kicked off Facebook making videos, putting them all over, you know, uh, everything I've dealt with from the criminal justice system, all the different courts I've, I've litigated in um, and post. Uh, but really what got me kicked off there was um, citing uh, uh, what's in PubMed, Open Access Medical Journal, upon which doctors build protocols. Somehow that got me kicked off. It's in the NIH library. Go figure. Then I got kicked off Telegram for signing what I I did a 9/11 when I used to do in the People's Corner. Only one together with I was supposed to be a collaborator, but nine shows and that didn't work out. But the, the shows worked out well. So the when I was doing that on calling, I was putting it in Telegram that and. What I'm doing from most recent back, i.e., FOIA hearing, which I just put in your live chat, by the way, on the Sandy Hook matter. Talk about obstruction, uh, perjury, uh, contempt. Uh, no uh, bench warrants issued under Capius. I mean, it absolute cover up. And you know, when when I'm trying to destruct something, since I wasn't at Sandy Hook. I have to work back from the present through the court to see what actions took place and didn't take place. And a lot of times you can see by what didn't happen that there's tons of red flags. So the reason I bring that up is you mentioned FOIA. What we find here often in FOIA requests is you don't get cooperation. You know, uh, Ron Johnson held up a document once. Here's what we get in our FOIA request regarding the Ron Johnson hearings and the vaccine uh, COVID issue. And it was like... 90 percent of it was blacked out here's what we get and this, you know what i mean and so um uh, uh and indeed in this for your hearing uh you can witness the one i posted and this is important because this is a this is a process for, upon which we as citizens can get the government allegedly to disclose what is really happening and i will tell you they got nothing other than, the only thing they got, no emails, no lists, no, nothing that was requested in that hearing, nothing. What they did get was a doctored, altered, uh, which is tampering of evidence, um, uh, uh, what you call dash cam video or window cam, however they were doing it. And so, why I say that? Because the camera is the, it's always shot from a cruiser when it's shot from a cruiser. The it's time stamped, it's date stamped, it's cruiser number stamped, and then, then the the officer has to, you know, sign off. Guess what, Peter? All that was eliminated from the video.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you know it, that is obstruction. That's tampering with evidence. That doesn't. There's not Casper the Friendly Ghost who goes in there. You know what I mean? And does that you know, or some kind of bug? No, that was. And when they were questioned under oath, the lawyers for the for the town, I keep wanting to say city, it's a town in Sandy Hook, it's a small town, and the state, the state police, they constantly acknowledge that these things existed in their proper form and then claim they didn't have them or they had no explanations, you know, so the confirmation that emails existed, communication existed, that yes, they're time stamped, yes, and then we don't have it. Mm-hmm. Literally, we don't have it mm-hmm. over and over again, or we don't have an explanation. Mm-hmm. Well, you know as well as I do, and witnesses that were subpoenaed from those town and state who did not show. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's cause for the criminal capias bench warrant to be off, issued by the whoever's administrating that hearing, that judge, whoever's sitting the hearing, because everybody's under oath. Mm-hmm. Do you follow me? Mm-hmm. So, and in addition when documents are not provided and they acknowledge that they existed then that's obstruction
0: yep and that is should be the quasi criminal charge of contempt yeah I, now I, I, I brought this up uh, before, before, before before the foyer is itself is already a sad alternative a sad alternative of what uh, it's already prescribed in the original constitution and original English common law. As you know, the American law is, uh, uh a lot of stuff from the English common law, right? You're aware of that, right? The foyer is yes, of s- course. such a piece of a uh, non solution for solution. In other words, almost like uh, well, you have a cancer, you have a fever right now. Well, I'm going to give you a Tylenol. That foyer is like a Tylenol for cancer. I said this in the past. In the English common law, this is old law, a private citizen can initiate a criminal prosecution against a defendant. Because think about it. It's not an unfair practice. Because whether something is a guilty or not, being a civil or criminal, it's through a jury trial. Right. The trial is conducted by not by the minister, by a judge, but the judgment actually is uh, rendered by your peers. Right. So you as a, a private prosecutor against a defendant, a private person, are, are always on an equal footing. You, you you, got what I'm saying here. So this is. actually I understand. Yeah. You know, and the government just gradually took it away. I said it in one of my episode, Pennsylvania, for example, is still the state who still has that law, still have that practice, saying because of that Amtrak incident in Philadelphia where people got killed, the government declined to prosecute the conductor. The the victim's family hired a private attorney, pursued him. It was it ended with a not guilty, okay, verdict. But at least, as you can tell, the victims, at least they have a, a They have a venue to pursue that. The government took it away and somehow come up with this foyer to say, oh, for all your grievances, you can get some information so you know. But guess what? You already suffered irreversible damages financially, emotionally, all that. All you can get is a foyer. That's a piece of shit. Okay, so I'm not against it, Mm. but I want to tell, tell you that you go back to the English common law like I said, even today, Pennsylvania still allow private prosecution of a crime. When the government, such as FBI, say, I'm not going to go after that priest who has been abused kids in Pennsylvania and in California because I'm the FBI. You cannot touch me. When that happens, if you are the victim, you can pursue under the same law, through the same judicial proceeding, saying, I want a peer of a 12 jurors you know to find this person a criminal you still can do that it's not in the hands of the government it's the hands of the people we do not have that the justice is the tool is the word it's a tool for the government it's no longer for the people okay so now i'm not trying oh, to I, I,
1: I, I, go ahead yeah. go ahead well, I 100% concur. You're singing to the choir. And I can give you my own personal experiences, which you've heard it, as litigating as a what's known self-representative pro se litigant, trying to expose the Catholic Church, expose the the corrupt probate courts. Of course, you know what's interesting, Peter, is the Netflix film cares a lot. In other words, you have media that will finally cover something, right? Yep. Or the movie in Spotlight, based on the Boston Globe investigation into the Catholic church. And and yet here I am in court doing exactly what Hollywood has done to a limited degree. Do you follow me? in exposing things and how it's covered up. And they prosecuted me repeatedly for harassment or trespassing and breach of peace.
0: Uh, but in other like words, said,
1: even when by I was- way, like it, I said, I want sorry. to
0: keep going. Just remember this, in the past, if a church person or Italian mobster wants to conspire on something, they actually have to go to a bar, go to the dark basement of a church to talk about it, right? To conspire, right? These mm-hmm. days, to have a malicious, to conspire to have a criminal, uh, uh, to have a, uh, to, to deprive a William's uh, constitutional rights, a few people just need to text each other. Telegram each other, WhatsApp each other, Mm. to conspire against you, right? And and they can do that uh, for the church, uh, the powerful church uh, people behind all these criminal activities. They literally can do it in a far more quicker, instant fashion than the past. But the, the nature of the crime never changed. It is a conspiracy to harm little kids. Right? They, they, but they, get, they have a better way to get away from it, and the, the federal government well, is sitting on, on, on their hands, saying we're not going to do anything.
1: This is it's, it's really we've reached. Well, I, I, I cited again the doctrine of discovery that you and I talked about in 1952, uh, Pope Nicholas V. We. It's not new. It's just we're more aware now because of the internet, because we can communicate like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just through newspapers anymore, yep. uh, or or the word of mouth. Um, and we can see this systematic, systemic cover up of felony crimes of all manner that are abominations. You know what I'm saying to man and God, and yet it ongoing. It's there, it continues, and it, I will say I was shocked to see how s- perverse it was and how deeply covered up right through to the fourth branch. In other words, the Connecticut Post, the Hartford Current, Hearst Organizations, they wrote up the libel and the slander against me based on false police reports. You see what I'm yes, saying? They, yes. they collaborate with them. Mm-hmm to disparage anybody well look what i mean look what they did to you know Snowden, and assange uh, what uh, how about the civil rights attorney donzinger the clearly i mean this is so right in our face we know the pump and dump procedures of the big oil gas companies the pollution there's been movies made about it you know what i mean we know it exists this is what was happening in ecuador He wins a $9.6 billion settlement in the Ecuadorian courts, even goes through the appellates for Chevron Texaco. They pull him back here, and they charge him with the quasi-criminal charge of contempt in civil proceeding because he wouldn't turn over what? Laptop and cell phone. That's a fishing expedition, completely irrelevant. The issue at hand is getting the payoff for the victims. It's already been, the, the, the evidence is overwhelming. It's irrefutable. Nope. Technicality. This guy lost his log license. (laughs) <laughs> and he he can't work, and he was in house arrest for 940-odd days, then he went to prison. I'm not clear if he went for 30 days or whatever. It's an appeal. He's out of prison. He can't practice law. He's got a Dozinger that he doesn't no, have it's a, it's a another there's
0: another, for word. there's another word for, for, for this, uh, William, just a very simple word. It's called the cancel culture. Because uh, you know, cancel is not the cancel culture existed. The cancel culture in this case, this uh, Donzinger's case is this: We are a club called the Bar Association. The judges are in it. The lawyers are in it. The corporate lawyers are in it. What are you doing, Donzinger? It's not kosher. Okay, that's not what we want to see. Okay, we have given you enough warning. You Don't do it, we're going to cancel you, right? You know, we have we're going to cancel you so that you'll shut up and, and other people like you ever try to do this will shut up. It's called a cancel culture, isn't that The same thing, you know. I mean, you know, you would think of the people who yell the cancel culture the loudest, those are Fox News morons, but guess what? You know, the cancel culture is being used anywhere, right? You know, I, you know, what's the difference? You know, I always. Said that, uh, you know, I know, you know, because, uh, behind every mass shooting, there is some serious grievances that cannot be resolved civilly. That include sending hook. That includes almost everywhere, right? And uh, some people get canceled, meaning that they got fired at their work. They cannot deal with it. They know they have no place to get disagreements addressed. They will have a workplace shooting. That's all. And uh, so, yeah, no, I, you know, I agree with you like you and Heidi has talked about uh, in the, you know, in your show earlier today is that you're having this uh, Nuremberg trial of a public opinion, right? A lot of people are taking that route. I agree. I I think what I'm doing is the same because I want to expose the truth that all these past decisions against racial minorities each step of the way in this history of this country actually now is a biting everyone in america you know the fbi is on any F- any person who they politically is not aligned to what they want to do you know so so yeah you know I, let me, I,
1: let me add to that, Peter. You're absolutely right. And what I want to add to that is they go the step further, like we saw in the Dozinger case, to criminalize us. So I was arrested four times illegally. They never convicted me of everything, got every case dropped, not due to any work my public defender did, but what I did above and beyond that and getting the word out to everybody I possibly can to stay. House uh, representative centers and federal. I mean, I just made so much noise. That's why they arrested me the third time, but eventually I get everyone dropped. But if you look me up online, you go, boy, this guy's a big asshole. You know what I mean? He's a big guy and what a jerk. You know, none of that's real. It's preposterous. Mm-hmm. But there's no retraction written, written when every case has been dropped. So you don't know. Here's the thing. Here's that they they cancel us. One, they, they criminalize us, like Dozinger. Okay, now he's got a platform, and so he's more people know about that. Do you see what I'm saying? But this happens to people all the time in in, in this country. Because when I was on Facebook and I was involved in about 15 reform groups from social justice reform, criminal justice reform, probate reform, even the COVID. I mean, I heard this from people all over the United States, all over the world. You see what I mean? Because we're going up against who? The predator class, some predator elite just predator class in my mind right and and they they rule everything I mean the idea that that we the courts are there for us or the constitution is there for us nice framework but when push comes to shove, it's like George Carlin says um, the reason I know a lot of people don't go along with the Ten Commandments, but I use it just as an anal- analogy. He uses it. He says the reason you'll never find the Ten Commandments in a courthouse full of politicians, judges and lawyers is because it would create a hostile work environment. Boom, boom. You know? <laughs> it's completely corrupt. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so Up this here. is what happens. Mm-hmm. You go into court. And you may have known you go into court, and it's like the Twilight Zone. You're like, well, what about the material aspects of evidence? Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When you go into criminal court, first of all, ninety-four percent of the people in prison never had a trial. So now you're in criminal court, and you're pre-trial. There's no jury. It's the prosecutor. Your if you, your attorney or your public defender. The bailiff, you know, doing his job and the nudge. I call them the n- n- nudges. I don't have a stutter. Okay. With black robes disease. And it's a, it's, it's a racketeering act. Literally. It, there is no jury t- to be the, f- um, fact finder in pretrial, civil, criminal. There never is a jury in housing court. There never is a jury in probate court. There never is a jury in family court. You see what happens here? So you, it's just the, the puppets and the puppeteers running the system. Yes, do you understand what yes. I mean? You I, know I, this. Yes. I'm just trying to, absolutely. Trying to,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's that's why I truly, like I, uh, I've said before, you know, the America is is we cannot be this stupid for too long. On the public education, you know, elementary school, middle school, and high school, we actually pay the most money through property taxes, right? But the, uh, the outcome of our kids are the, among the worst in the world. This is not sustainable, yes. first. Second is this, our criminal just, our justice system probably spend the most money <laughs> in the entire world, but the, we are probably not the safest place, probably one of the dangerous, most dangerous place, especially in the big cities and all and, that. And oh yeah, that's, that's mm, go It's not sustainable. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Well, that's all by design. Like George Collins says, basically, they. <laughs> I put in quotes. By the way, um, uh, I I see uh, <laughs> Big Mouth Baby Mom is is called in. Peter, just to, you know, she's ready to talk. She's ready to talk. Yeah, yeah, let, let, <laughs> I would yeah, love let, it. Let me,
0: yes, totally.
1: So George okay. Collin, I got a couple of quotes. That I don't. So, so of course yes. I'm paraphrasing. I'll butcher it, but it goes like that. He says, you know, basically, in "Who Owns America?" his skit, he's like, you know, the education system, it's that way. I'm per, they only want people smart enough to do the menial jobs, not educated enough to basically rise up and educate and fight. And you know, you know, and the food contributes to that. The drugs, the you know, the 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 pharmaceuticals, it, it weakens. The, the human beings you know what I mean the the metabolic syndrome due to the diet that's horrible the pesticides the chemicals if we take this beautiful human body and I'll tell you what they do everything they can to break it down (laughs) societally you know what I mean a mind body and spirit but anyway I can yak forever you know that so why don't I button it up for a while and allow you to you know let's
0: hear from from the uh, big mouth baby mom
2: I don't really have anything insightful to say. More so, if you guys feel comfortable uh, giving your opinion to me about uh, some cases that I have coming up where I am either petitioner or respondent. Um, It's three cases. Two of them are in family court. And I'm going to say I'm a white woman, but I'm a, a poor white woman mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. um two children um so i, I will automatically look
0: bad <laughs> in a courtroom um uh, well uh okay. sorry you're 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 breaking off a little bit could you repeat
2: um, i'm sorry i'm a single mom
0: i'm so i'm, I've got I'm, this I'm sorry like, that this... you're on and off Single mom, two kids. I'm
2: uh, sorry. You're white. Yeah.
0: That's all right. Go, go yes. ahead.
2: Um. So I've got like the scarlet letter A. Uh. Put on my chest and seen at all times. Okay. Um. So, in family court. Uh, initially I'm there because okay. I'm responding. The connection
0: is still not good. I I don't want to misspoke. Uh. Yes.
2: Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna order? I'm sorry guys. Oh no, for custody. Oh, for what? My my daughter's father, my youngest is five. Her do- her father wants partial custody.
0: Okay,
2: and okay. The, the, mm-hmm. the the reasoning mm-hmm. behind it is is I guess not anything important really. So I'm respondent, and from the from the very first second that I appeared in the virtual courtroom, um, which was, I think July 11th was the first court date. And since July 11th, we've had six appearances, all of which I've, I've shown up for, but the judge is very, very hostile. I mean, combative from the second someone spoke. Well, she spoke, but her first words to me were, were, they were? She's mean. I don't want to sound like a brat, but she's a very mean. Judge and for I'm not. I'm not sure how that works mm-hmm. when you're when really you're trying to be an unbiased party, right? But there is already like significant bias with the way that she mm-hmm. speaks to me as the respondent. And she's done this consistently within every appearance, Um, and I don't have the ability to talk very much. She Mm -hmm. she stops me. She's badgered me. She's said said things more along the lines of, like, you know, that you're stupid, Uh pretty much. Without Uh saying the word stupid, Mm -hmm. she's pretty much called me stupid. Mm -hmm. Now, what the fuck? do I do? I don't, I I see online, I've looked in the, you know, in our court, uh, the court, what do you call it? Like the database that they use or whatever. I There's a, you have the ability to complain about a judge, right? Uh You have the ability Uh to request for Mm -hmm. another judge even but what does that actually do? Because it
0: doesn't. No, you shouldn't complain about that can't. judge. By all means, you should not, because uh, I, 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 I do not because of the connection issues you're in and out. So uh, let's say your first issue is that you find out this judge to be very uh uh, uh, uh intimidating towards you, and uh, you, very. you okay. So what I want to first comment on a, I always want to comment on the big picture, right? And uh, I have always said, uh, this is not my words. This is from one of the founding fathers, uh, this guy, Thomas Paine. So law actually is taking rights away, not not giving you rights. So family laws, in my opinion, is uh, to take your rights away not to give you rights it helps more family law attorneys back again the bar association is a trade union of a legal profiteer they love to have more laws mm-hmm. the more laws meaning you do more need for lawyers and more catching for them right so to, let's start Same with, thing with the county yes you know, Access, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. absolutely i want to make sure it, the, the family law is not made to make sure our family uh are a are, are harmonic uh, our children are uh given the best environment that they grow up they will grow up you know we know the family so, structure in this country is extremely broken you know without taking sides for the mom or the for the dad you know i'm not here to to
2: so what's the precedent so what like so when this what should what, what kind of mm-hmm. cases should we be looking at that mm-hmm. that That would then question the motive of a family court or any court at that. Uh Um, Yeah. Because I'm honestly, I just want to interject with this. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily asking this because I am worried about what's going on with me, and I am. I'm just. I want to share this with you because this shit is absolutely going on. Like yeah, I, all the
0: time. Oh, I no. I, now that I'm
2: experiencing it, I want to see. I want to know yeah. how. What yeah. would be the best route to yes.
0: go? I will. I will. I will tell you what is. You. Yes. This. Yes. This is a great question, by the way. Uh, first of all, as you I have you. If I if you listen to my other episode, you know, you have you will you you can tell us that this judges. You know, again, they're mostly white. You know, not being white is okay. But they are privileged. This one the is, black, is privilege. by the privileged Okay, she's that's okay. Black, that's okay. The word, the, the, the key word, yeah, actually, the privilege. They actually truly felt mm. they are privileged to to sit. At, remember, you see those bench. They are purposefully uh, situation higher than where you stand, right? It's like you're talking to God when they're not, mm. right? Remember, the, yeah. This yeah. country's law is made that you are judged by a uh, your peers. Not by some fucking judge who think they're higher than you you are, morally or legally. You know what I'm saying? So so just get that in your mind first. Okay? So that's always my 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 mm-hmm. my assertion is that no, the problem is not they are white. The problem is that they are privileges. Now they are they are against all people, not just black and white. They think mm-hmm. that they can get away doing shit, Power. period. Yeah. Right? Power, right? So now going back to your question of what should you do? Now, the law of solution this is my thing
2: what should i look for like what kind i mm-hmm. love what i about ahead. you peter i'm so sorry i never i never actually listened to any of your other um episodes but what you did today with the name dropping and giving me like a map to then do the the remainder of the reading and the learning um like that's in, that's what i you're chock full of information and I want to know, um, and even all
0: of you. Oh, there's a lot William of stuff. Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. What, yeah. You know, yeah. What yeah. kind of, what, what? Yes. So, what, yeah. Um, let, let me go back to your question. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to your question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that that chart is a beautiful. I just learned it like a, less than a year ago. I mean, because I've been always trying to find out why these white judges in the past, our Supreme Court, most educated, most enlightened people—they will do such a lousy mm-hmm. decisions, right? They don't even follow the law themselves. They overthrow laws, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and like I said earlier, is that they 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 celebrate this uh, Brown versus Board of Education. All the mainstream media saying how great it is. Uh, by the way, I know Malcolm X criticized that decision back in the sixties. I don't know the specifics, but I know he criticized it. Okay, so. I saying you mm-hmm. you were correcting your own damn mistake that lasted for 75 years and caused irreparable damages to African American children in those basic education in your separate but eco. Mm-hmm. Now you actually do it 75 years later and then 20 years later you reverse it again. What the F is that? Mm-hmm. You're right. So going back mm-hmm. to your question is this. If the government love to make this laws, that including the lawmakers, that including the judges and the executive branch, including the police, if they love so much laws, then any case in this country, in America, any party, respondent, defend, uh respondent, petitioner, defendants, or they are all entitled to a lawyer. As soon you are out of it, what I'm trying to say is this having a lawyer is an entitlement period. because yes. the law, I have one she's horrible okay, yeah that's another uh, separate question okay so let me show, because when you have a lawyer, you let the lawyer to speak. If that judge is mean to your lawyer, that's among their own lawyers. That, judge, that lawyer can report to this judge, say, This judge is very mean to me. It's bad for my practice. Therefore, I want to vote not for her to be appointed to a higher judge. You know that. Let them, so you are avoid of that trouble. This is the first thing. Okay. Second, She's, mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you this mm-hmm.
2: I went that route. So I did that. And after our last appearance, because my lawyer failed to appear two appearances ago. Uh huh. Three, it was three appearances ago. Mm. We've had two appearances since that three appearances ago, obviously. Okay. The last one was just a week ago or so. And I immediately... So she she's never really seen how bad this judge gets, per se. And so she saw it the last time. I immediately emailed her. I didn't do a phone call. Email. Put everything in writing. And I said that this is you saw what I saw you know what you know what just happened and she's not responded and I have court again this week on Tuesday I'm supposed to appear now Mm -hmm. not even in virtual court Mm -hmm. but in like present Mm -hmm. be present but I'm not I'm not doing it it's Mm -hmm. not happening my daughter has the flu I'm not going let's Mm -hmm. see what this bitch is gonna do then Mm -hmm. I'm bringing it on Mm -hmm. um but yo there um what was my point
0: to take, I, take your time. I take stopped it. your talking. No, it's I'm okay. Sorry. No, no, take your time. don't no worry. Um.
2: So yeah, no, I I just wanted you to know that I was aware that it, I, and I believe whole, wholly, it's your right. Get the lawyer.
0: Absolutely. No free she's lawyer. Oh, what I mean I is you have to have a free lawyer. You free, have, to, yeah.
2: have a, yeah, she's uh-huh. a free lawyer. Okay. She's a. Uh, she's definitely a free lawyer. And check this. Uh-huh. In the first. In the first. Um, in our first appearance,
0: mm-hmm.
2: this, after she did the first like fucked up thing uh-huh. to me when she said the fucked up thing to me, uh-huh. um, it's also her
0: tone. She's yelling at me. Like she yells. Uh-huh. Wow, that's even better. She's yelling. <laughs> Just, okay, no these judges, no I, one. Is I want to swear. These judges, they truly believe they can get they, they can get away from shit. It's got the absolute judicial immunity. Have you, you have you heard that word? Absolute judicial Absolutely. immunity. I mean, I'll, I, but go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you short. Go ahead.
2: No, I'm cutting you off. I'm all over the place. No, but, no. I mean, just, you guys have been talking... Like, it's insane how we've all come into contact and will continue to, and our children and our grandchildren are going to come into contact with these same pariahs. Um, it's not going to go anywhere. It's really... It, I mean... <laughs> However, okay. Yeah. I think my lawyer, my free lawyer, I was gonna s I was gonna talk about the judge, but my free lawyer is afraid. Mm-hmm. It, in a, like, she's not going to do it. Yeah. I could see uh-huh. there's there's yeah. she doesn't have a sign. Uh-huh. She doesn't have a sign. And it's taken me a really long time to even try to convince because it's if it's up to the family court, and I feel like this is a contradiction, because I thought the argument was that fathers aren't getting the right uh, to see their children. I'll, I'll, tell, you, the
0: I'll tell you something else. No, no. Not... I'll tell you something else. Yeah, the, 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 the different the the relationship between the lawyer and the judge in front of her, uh, or, or him or whatever, is just like it's a ongoing, like a, yeah. no, no it's no it's like an altar boy with a priest. <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. that priest did it's... with that altar boy, I know William will will, will chuckle with this perverse well, uh, Yes. Perverse. Basically, they knew. Again, oh, this nice. is a club, right? So what? Again, first of all, I always said. I mean, by the way, uh guys also will ask me questions about family court. Okay, I'll tell you this. As recent as two weeks ago, this is a guy who is in serious mess, uh, with his family law shit, is uh, talking to me. Like for two hours, you know, he will ask me, Peter, what should I do, blah, 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 right? So the guys will tell me the similar story that you're telling me here, right? So going back to mm-hmm. what, what, what you just said, my point is this. You think about it. First of all, I'm saying all civil matters, criminal matters, petitioner or respondent, defendant or plaintiff, they all are entitled to free lawyers, so not a single penny. Should be uh, be taken from a private citizen 's bank account to, to fatten a trade union uh, called the bar association, which by the way, has no regulation there 's no law saying lawyers cannot do this or that it 's all like they' all mm-hmm. so-called professional conduct. you know William knows this there 's no law saying, hey uh, you know, there 's a law regulating doctors. There's a law regulating mm-hmm. uh, a stock trader, a security, you know, a financial advisor, right? A real estate. Uh, no law. Manager. No law with uh, this profession called the lawyers, right? They Not are a law. Right? So, mm-hmm. so remember, so, so going back is that, think about this. If you have to put up money, your own money for these lawyers, that's educational funding of your own children. It can, you know, mm-hmm. the children's father may have to spend a lot of money for a lawyer to do this shit. Made up by government right, and also these uh, you yourself have to put up with money so that this money will not go to the future of your children. it goes to fatten the pocket of these uh, organized legal profiteers, and the judges know right in old english laws old days the court knows that the, uh, the some lawyers they will take advantage of those uh, Orphans of wealthy families; these kids whose parents happened to died very early. So these uh, they will clean their clock. You know, the English law actually established so-called the Chancery Court, the Court of Equity, meaning that these are the uh, courts, The judges are not lawyers. The judges are appointed by the king to represent the conscience of the king, saying this profiteering activity should not be rewarded. You know, so that's a long story. Mm -hmm. But going back to your uh, situation is this. After you have a lawyer, you should let a lawyer take care of everything for you. Do the talking. Yes, Mm -hmm. to do the talking, period. You should refrain from yourself uh, to say anything in courts because it's not good for you. It means if you say anything, it gives you an indication to the judge that you had a bad relationship with your lawyer. And second is this. They actually, it's among the lawyers and judges. The judges actually evaluate lawyer by how much control they have over their client, which is a very oxymoron. In other words, if the judge find out this client does not believe what this lawyer is saying to him or her, that means this lawyer does not have the capability to, quote, control, unquote, their client. Just think about Mm -hmm. it. Just think about it. Yes, this is a very oxymoronic thing. You know, they actually will the judge mm-hmm. will consider this a lawyer is a bad lawyer, even though, you know, you are the plaintiff or the part of the his client or her client is just doing what his client is asking him mm-hmm. or her to do. So mm-hmm. no, it's a very bad system. It, it does not matter. You know, where you are male or female, whether you are white or black. These days, these judges, I call them white privileges. Not, not because they're white, because historically, this is a this white, it is a white majoritarian democracy. Yes, it is a democracy, but mm-hmm. it's a white majoritarian democracy, right? Our founding father for their own protection is to try to prevent majority of any kind, religious majority, political majority, to oppress the minority. But racially speaking, they allowed. White majority to abuse racial minority, in the legal legally speaking. So that that's what I want to point out. But these days, no, these judges—they are all privileges. They think they are above the law. They do, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So absolutely, mm-hmm. there isn't a second that I
2: I, I really even doubt that. Yeah. It's it it's so apparent now. Yep. Um, it's so much more clearer to me. Um. And also, the older you get, and the interactions that you have with the law, or courts, or police, or whatever, um, the
0: difference.
2: There's a difference in, in the way you're treated as well.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. You well, absolutely yeah. go ahead.
2: I have housing court, mm-hmm. and, and oh, and the the thing about the the intercommunication that one branch has to the other. Mm-hmm so they will it's like the law is never um uh it's really never used by them because like okay what am i saying they might The other judge in family court that I'm in, the other the other court that I'm in is for child support. So I, as responding Mm -hmm. to the petition for custody, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I turned around and said, All right, fuck this. I'm gonna go for child support. So the judge there asks like she can't get information on the other case that we're in court for, right? And then she doesn't, um, uh, sorry,
0: Danny, you are in and out, so I do not hear everything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sorry. Sorry.
2: Um, so it, they use it when they want to, they do it at their discretion. They could easily get this. There's information in Pennsylvania, and then there's information in New York, which is where I am. Um, They could, and then there's, they're in the same Mm -hmm. court, you know, but they refuse Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that there is another case going on simultaneously between us. Neither one wants to Uh allow us to allow me to use that in whether it's child support or for the custody. And if that makes mm-hmm. sense, they just, there's been a lot of contradictions, even a lot of contradictions, and I can't record them, unfortunately. But um, mm-hmm. it's what can't, like, I just, I want law. I want some, like, law. I want, I want to know what the statute is. <laughs> that that allows me to say that, no, this is fucked up, because I haven't seen anything, where would you mm-hmm. look? Like, what, what, how would you research things like this? Can I
1: jump in here, guys? Please. Go ahead. Thank you. Okay. I'm so, not that, I didn't
2: mean to condescending like
1: that. No, no, that I had, there's a lot more questions I'd have for you, actually, to, to, and I'm happy to tell you what I've done. I'm not a lawyer, but I can tell you what I've done and how it may help you. And if Peter runs out of time, we can go back to a room I can start. I just want you to know ahead oh. of time.
0: Oh, it's okay. okay. It's okay. So I, I, I care quickly about what Danny's experiencing and so you know i will be happy to hear what she has to say. Go ahead, Winnie. Well I've,
2: I really am asking this because I swear to you guys, I want to have this information not just for myself though. Like I wanna like put these bitches in place or something if mm-hmm. i can do it i can do it so i want i'll tell you
0: eventually but let w- william speak let's see what she what he has to offer
1: okay so I, I got a couple of questions but first let me qualify myself by saying i got a judge recused in family court judge Emons. Yeah.
2: you go she's boy. the first
1: judge by the way the way that, just so you know, in Corrupticut here, the unconstitutional state where I am, the governors assign the judges, the n- n- nudges, and every eight years they come up for reinstatement and there's an opportunity for citizens to be heard in the legislative hearing, which our president, attorney general Tong ran as a house rep. And Judge Emons is the first judge in 260 years in Corrupticut not to be reinstated to the bench. So that didn't happen just because of me. In other words, there were a lot of people. She had the most complaints of any judge in the state at that time, and they just allowed her to retire. The legislature never voted on her reinstatement. They just let her retire, so she kept her bonuses blah, 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 and her—I mean, her—yeah, whatever dirty dealings she did to enrich herself to get to where she is, and she ended up with Cohen and Wolf. Apropos the law firm Cohen and Wolf, because she is yeah. Okay, so I went up against, now, when you're going up, here's the problem you have in any district. When you have a corrupt judge anywhere, they are a big club. We know that. And the administrative judge in that courthouse is in cahoots. Do you follow me? That doesn't happen without the administrative judge in that courthouse knowing, because you're not going to be the first person to complain against this judge or have complained against this Mm -hmm. judge. So, they work together now. Usually, it's always based on some political uh, uh, one-upsmanship on you. In other words, in my case, in short, the landlord I was going up against—it was really a landlord-tenant issue. Thumbnail version: He used to own an IT company in the city. He sold it for big money. Highly connected to the first selectman, and what, we, what was really a landlord-tenant issue ended up in family court with a restraining order on me reporting their violations of uh, everything from my full tenant rights to uh building codes you know i I could go into it at length i won't right now wow okay so this judge i even had the city of orange police officers testify on my behalf because i subpoenaed them okay And they literally testified in my behalf. The incident report, the judge concluded it was all hearsay. She was so corrupt. Hearsay, these are officers of the court testifying in my behalf. You can't make this up. Again, there's no jury there. And she hit me with a restraining order, okay, a nonviolent protective order where I was suddenly out with just the clothes on my back without my CPAP, and it took me a month to get another hearing. I wasn't going to remove my things. I fought her in motion to open hearings, pursuant fraud on the court, of judicial discretion. In other words, when a judge acts violating her oath of office, the fraud on court is different than someone perjuring themselves. It's when the judge is acting fraudulently. Do you follow me? Clearly, Police testimony and incident reports are not hearsay; they're material witness evidence, evidence and testimony. So she violated uniform evidence rules. Um, let's see, uh, even federal doctrine of completeness. I mean, I can get into all the seventy-four-page motion to recuse her is what I filed in court, and then I sent it. Here's what you have to do: first of all, whoever's assisting you. I didn't, um, public defenders can help people here in Connecticut and be assigned if you're indigent in criminal matters. But beyond that, you're on your own in any other court and corrupticate. Even the disabled like me, the Access to Justice Commission has a pro bono working group where they should appoint me attorneys. They wouldn't because they're all part of the club. They're not going to help me impeach judges. Do you follow me? Or my own public defenders. So it's it's you're up against a, a steep hill. But my first question would be, and you don't have to answer this here. We can do a private room if you want. Is who is your husband, and what what who, what political pull or power does he have? Because it usually comes down to something of that nature. Do you follow me? In other words, I don't know what that is or who he's connected to. But usually, when you see this type of bias and abuse of judicial discretion. And fraud on the court if indeed it's occurring is it's always a political reason you follow me because why else would that judge do that do you see what i mean she has to have a motive what's her modus operandi for her mindset and actions that's where one of your linchpins are that you can go after her uh pursuant well okay let me back up all right first of all so you have, from what I understand, in your state, they have assigned you a free attorney. Through what what mechanism? Through state legal services? Or how did you end up with this attorney? Uh, did you hear me, Danny? Uh, okay. I don't know what just happened. Are we all still yeah, all together here? I
0: think Danny probably is having poor connections uh, based on her. Oh, poor connection. because, yeah, you know, if she, were to, she,
1: if she were to hang up and call back in again, if she could hear us, sometimes it's a glitch in the yeah, app, Peter, that yeah. if she, you know, jumps out and jumps back yeah. in, that may help. I think uh, it's
0: uh, we can talk more about uh, uh, the specifics in Danny's case, uh, maybe in the private room, because I. You're asking her... How right, to do. I think that's a good
1: idea. Yeah.
0: So, so, but I do want to uh, answer uh, her question that, uh, that she asked me earlier. So, you know, she's asking you know, what exactly is could be the solution for these uh, privileged, privileged, self-privileged uh, judges and all that, right? Because, like I said, the entire justice system, civil and criminal, are fraud all by itself. You know, forget about fraud upon the court. The court has been a fraud all by itself. So, how to address that? You know, in in, in, in Danny's situation and others, I there's a two options that can work simultaneously. One, I may have a direct control over, or I can make something happen, and the other is that I will not. Ha- I will advocate for that to happen. So the first solution is this. It's actually because of technology. Because I'm pretty techy, You know, that's why William has said, you know, if you ever want to start a uh, morning, good morning America, on call in, you know, with Heidi. You know, by all means, I'll be happy to help you from the technical side. Right.
1: Sure. So. Maybe I, Brandy. Brandy's good, too. She's in the audience. Oh, yeah. I, Hi, have Talk
0: to Brandy. Now. Nice. Yeah. So basically, uh, artificial intelligence these days are pretty powerful. One of the things artificial uh, uh, intelligence can do is called a natural language processing, meaning that you know it's widely used these days uh, to to use computer to assess the sentiment of a Twitter users, Facebook users, and all that. So as we all know, most legal opinions in the family courts or in any other courts are written by the law clerks of the judges. These are well-educated people, good with the language, most likely write good language in legal terms, which is not that difficult to dissect the sentiments, the rationale behind all this. Imagine that in a day when I you know, have the time to gather that capability called the natural language processing. To, by the way, the federal courts is making its opinion available to the public. Okay, through computer, it's called the API calls. If you can draw those written words, because again, my show is all about the written words by these judges on these hor- in these horrible decisions, right? If you can use computer to analyze little millions of cases by all these judges to assess the consistency of their jurisprudence, to assess their judicial temperament, which by the way, these are the qualifications of the judges, right? And have this computer to do, I call the judicial profiling. Just like we profile a pedophile, we profile a criminal. Here, we will profile judges based on their own written words. So we can assess these judges based on the recording of their audio in the courtroom. By the way, we can convert those to the text, right? English words. We can assess the judicial temperament, the courtesy, the judgment they offered in their cases. We can rank them. We can say, okay, these are good judges. They're consistent. They follow the law. They pay respect to both the petitioner and the respondent. So that's something I personally can do and plan to do so when I get around. And I can have a pretty direct control over that. Right. This this is one option, because, like I said earlier, you don't want to argue with the judge. You don't want to have the judge to recuse himself or herself for the reasons that I'm told by a retired judge. If this is a club. You file recusal to disqualify one, you're sending a signal to the entire club, the entire bench. That you are a bad, bad party in this proceeding. Whoever replaced that judge is going to give you more punishment, by the way. So don't even bother. You know, if you ask your lawyer to say, I want this judge to, uh, I want you to file a motion to recuse for recusal with the judge, your lawyer likely will strongly advise not to do that. Your lawyer even will threaten you that he or she will withdraw if you ask him to file a motion to for this judge to recuse, because that's part of the game, okay? You know, I know William has said he successfully have asked this judge to remove himself or herself, but William have to tell us what happened to him with the new judge. Did he get a better treatment, of better outcome, and all that, but by, 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 you know, I'm told by the judges and the lawyers, don't ask the judge to recuse himself because you're just making things worse. That's a lot of truth in it, okay. And uh, so, go ahead. Do
1: you want me to respond to that, Peter? Do you want to carry on? I will carry on
0: with my second solution, which I believe is uh, requires everybody's effort, right? So, because the first solution is something I can, you know, take initiative to try to make it happen. I'm, you know, I have this idea since twenty sixteen, because going back to William, what William said, for these criminals or these uh, uh, wrongdoers who they Okay, they can get away from the law, including the judges and the priests, the abusive ones. The only approach you have is to have this Nuremberg trial of public opinion to expose them, right? So uh, using artificial intelligence to dissect these judges' conduct in their own words is one way of doing that, right? Second approach is this. As I always said, the judge should not be lifetime appointed. In fact, in my opinion, is this. They should be on constant rotation. Now, this will in this will involve lawmaking. you need a, like a referendum nationally or statewide, saying, "Our justice is so corrupt. We need a constant rotation of judges among lawyers." Meaning, I'm giving Delaware as example. There's a four thousand lawyers with the bar association. Okay. What if I have a chance? If I have a, if I became famous one day, I don't know whether I will be or not, which I don't think I will be. I will advocate for uh, making a new amendment in each state, including the federal government, that the judges is no longer lifetime. It actually will be computer randomized. For whatever case you're on, the judge will be randomly picked from one of the members of the bar association. So each lawyer will be experienced how they be treated by their own fellow lawyers. And then each lawyer will evaluate each other lawyer, how their fellow lawyers behave when they are on the bench. So we're going to constantly, going back to have that strategy, we're going to profile these lawyers among themselves to see whether they do have the judgment, temperament, education most importantly are unwavering principle for justice for each case when they are involved okay the most abusive judge will but will, will will be sent to the bottom of the barrel and the good judges decent judges will be in the top of the cream of the crop so that means they don't have a lifetime. Uh, 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 appointment, they will be rotated, the, the only lifetime uh, the, the the appellate court judges can only be picked from those who are ranking high in this rotational basis. So that's the way how I look at it. That's the only thing I can think of. Because you can tell, I'm passionate for justice for all, period. And I'm not calling for some kind of a violent revolution to change that. I think we can civilly change the justice system. That's good for all races, for all ethnic groups, for any civil parties in the civil or criminal proceedings. So that's how I look at it. Sorry, it's a little bit long. Go ahead, William.
1: Okay, so... um... I don't know how in family she was assigned an attorney. There are state legal services in the state that's supposed to help with that. Um, There are agencies. But if she's right in her assessment, you're right. There is a pecking order, and her attorney will not go against the judge. That's guaranteed. Even supervisal public defenders I had would not, and even one Suggested I report to the ACLU because she wasn't going to stick her neck out. Okay. So because the judge is really a tool for the governor, the governor appoints the judges and the judge is just a tool for the legislature who can then vote on reinstatement or not in this state every eight years. So you see, it's all a system that basically is like circling the wagons and they cover one another. And you know, that's how it works. Unfortunately, it's that dysfunctional. So. Um, the, she can try, like, to, and I did, and let me use the public defender system as an analogy because I represented myself in that, every other setting. So in that analogy, I appealed to the supervisor public defender to intercede, which you can do in this state, uh, by putting a complaint in, I'm my public defender. So, whatever agency she's with that has assigned her an attorney and family, she can try to step assert and get a complaint in. You tell you honestly, my experience is you might as well be pissing in the wind because it's happening that way for a reason. What the real reason is, is usually political. Okay. And she knows better than I do what those political uh, uh, adverse uh, uh powers are to her okay now the, see there's two ways to look at this one she's going to get screwed anyway she that's already apparent in other words she's not getting anywhere her, her attorney didn't appear one time that she's her attorney's not fighting for her so at the end of the day it's she's not going to get justice that's for sure and so now you ask yourself okay well because she has kids she may not want to make it worse like peter suggests uh, talking to judges and attorneys she may not to make it worse and in that regard you have to do a risk assessment right if what i do could potentially make the situation worse in the way of custody and or child support maybe this i need to just kind of roll with this accept the fact uh, whatever's going to happen here it's going to come down and then I can go forward in the future in a month or two or three, whatever it is, to appeal it on some level. And or, you know, uh, whatever was not done justly, uh, you have a right to appeal that on some level, okay? Um, and, and now the way to do it in the moment, which I did, because I didn't have kids, I don't have kids, right? I didn't even have a job to lose. I had nothing to lose. So in that regard, I was kind of bulletproof. So in my case, and there are some people who can make the risk assessment like that, just like if you're investing, you got to make a risk assessment and decide what you're going to do. For me to invest in fighting the system full on, head on was all gain. I had nothing to lose in my perspective. So in that regard, I studied the family court law rule book, which is available online. And I learned all the ways this judge was violating her oath of office and her the way she was handling the case. Then I wrote a motion. Now, if you have an attorney already, you're not going to be able to do this unless you would put a motion to withdraw appearance for your attorney, which I've done before in in criminal. I've done that. And then I went ahead and I wrote a motion to recuse the judge. And a peremptory challenge judicial authority for the administrative judge and a motion for dismissal. And I I sent that all to legislators. I first I got it stamped and filed in court, so it's legit, stamped and filed in court. Then I sent all those motions to the House and Senate state and federal legislators. And I followed up with consumer constituent affairs with every one of them. Because I was not working, I had the time. This also is one way that these are uh, hurdles for people who are working. There's financial hurdles. There's time management hurdles. There's the risk assessment hurdles. So, again, I had the time and the ability. um, Let's just say the stubborn Italian part of me, (laughs) number one, plus uh, I had nothing.
0: I don't mean to cut you short. Uh, Your connection is also acting up. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I haven't I moved in the last like yeah, 15 um, seconds. you're it's complete gibberish.
1: Oh, all right. Is it any better right now, Peter? I'm moving the phone around. Is that hell?
0: Okay. You know what? What? I'm, yeah. It's uh, now we lost. We lost you. <laughs> okay. I will make you the next call. Yeah. I, I did not hear anything. Uh, is it? Is it better this time around?
1: Do we hear you're anything? You're, like a,
0: you're speaking like a half speed. <laughs> okay. Well, if, I did don't know what's happening. Intentionally uh, speak so you. Slowly?
1: Did you say you could hear I'm, me, I'm, I'm, Danny? Yeah, yeah I've,
0: heard, I've,
2: I've, heard, heard, I've heard everything. Now,
0: go ahead, Danny. Any questions or uh, or response to what William? Go ahead, no. no. I did not hear anything William said. I hope you, you, you heard what he said. Really?
2: Go ahead. He, okay. So he's. Pretty much because he had some time is the only reason why he was able to get this judge, you know, off off uh, the bench or whatever, uh-huh. however you want to put that. Um, uh-huh. So he studied the family law uh, mm-hmm. rule book, which is online, he said. Um, uh, and he filed motions, which he had signed by the court, and then he uh, sent all of his motions to... Uh-huh. State legislator, and I wanted to ask uh-huh. him who else was that? Who else? Uh-huh. Who who did you send it to, William? It was yeah. the legislator, and
1: okay, so you can hear me, Danny, right? Yeah. So I could talk, okay. And you can repeat it for Peter. We can do that.
2: Oh, I do. Yeah, right?
1: no problem.
2: Go ahead. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, okay. I'll repeat it for him.
1: Right. So, what you want to do is in your district, find out who represents you in your district. Yeah. Right in the house and suddenly center. okay right and now let me back up let me ask you something danny who who assigned you a family court lawyer what agency um, did that i have
2: i mean i don't know i was never made aware of an agency um it was is it through the courthouse right through the in other court. words yeah.
1: they have a okay so it's within the courthouse it's within the yeah. judicial system yeah. okay they don't they don't have that here in Connecticut. That's why I didn't understand what happened. Got you. Unless you're disabled like me, there is an access to justice commission, which should have been assigned to me attorneys, but they were always too busy for mm. me because they didn't want to fight the system. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, okay. So what you can do first step is contact the office of the family court uh, lawyers <laughs> yeah. and, 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 send an email, kind of outline what your position is, and ask that this person be supervised and act according to your civil rights and family court, per- you know, the family law rule in court, the judge and their obligations.
2: Have the judge supervised?
1: No. I would ask whoever the lawyer is is going to have a supervisor in the department. Oh. They're not acting alone. Unless, they're not the only family court lawyer yeah. in the courthouse. Okay. And chances are they have other people in that courthouse that do that. And, like, I can only use the allegory of the public defenders because here we have public defenders in criminal. Do you follow me? Yeah. So there's a supervisory public defender in the courthouse. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. It's everybody in her department. So I complained to that party. And then I went further to Hartford, which is our state capital, to the supervisor public defender. In, in, that are like the uh, chief deputy public defender and the, and the chief public defender. So in other words, now in family, that series of that ladder that you would climb to step or sir, only, you know, in your state, She I has don't know her what own practice, is, By the
2: way, she, she also, ha- she also has her own practice, her own family law practice. Yeah, they usually okay. do. I just...
1: Right. So they usually do. Um, so you can try. You, first, you can try having a discussion with her, uh, and and but again, she is subordinate. Yeah. To the, the judge always, and so um, whatever the political powers are, we talk in a private room. And you want, and if you want to air that, it's best my, not care. to do that in the public. Oh no! I, well, no, no, no. I want to caution you. Hold on a minute. We could talk about procedure here. But you have to be careful about your communication in a public platform because you can find yours that can get back to the judge. There was a girl I used to communicate with on Facebook and they hit her with contempt for her expert communication in the public domain. Huh. That's she got cited Insane. for expertate communication. The judge claimed she was found her in contempt and said if she did it again, she's going to pay a $40,000 fine. Wow. Okay. So the best that. way to do this is for us to have oh. a private, a private chat through the call in app, or I'm happy to give you my phone number you no. follow me. You know, I could we can chat if you want. Oh yeah,
2: no, I'm following uh, but, you for sure. I want to.
1: Now we can do this. I want to get. I, I
2: no, it's okay. I'd like to know if you guys would be interested, not just for me, but like looking up, like, like I don't know. Just if it. You guys have the, so uh, much information.
0: The. Uh, so uh, I mean, the for, 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 for me, I want to be very even handed, right? You know, I've always said, you know, I don't belong to any political parties and, uh, and, uh, and I, I can, I think I mentioned to this guy's book, uh, again, I don't take sides, whether you're male or female, you know, I just believe you have to be even-handed. You know, I, my, I fake my name as Peter, you know, I was like, I'm in between the Supreme Court of the United States and the God, some God, you know, making an even-handed judgment on what the court is doing here is unjust, right? So. There, uh, I mentioned this guy wrote a book. His name is uh, Eric Nelson. N-E-L-S-O-N, Eric Nelson. He wrote a book called uh, The Judicial War on Men." The Judicial War on Men. So he, apparently he is from the other side of the gender spectrum. So he has, uh, I have not read his book, but I do know that his book is about how unfairly the court has been mistreating men, by the way, mm. mostly white men, right because of, you know because of the, mm. by the population. so this is another reason that I have said this is that this judicial privilege no, 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 no. whether they are black or white, it doesn't matter. They just follow the same practice of a judicial white privilege. That they are screwing white men as well. Mm-hmm. So now going back to your question, Dennis, that you know, you, you, if you believe there's a lot of information, uh, William and I can offer. Yes, true. Like I said earlier, is that you know, a few weeks ago I was uh, talking to this guy on the phone for two hours, over two hours. I've been co- in contact with him for since 2018. All fam- uh, family law related. Okay. He, uh, of course, he's uh, screwed royally by the system and all that. You know, he's a Trump supporter and yada yada yada. And uh, the there is a lot in that. Okay, the bottom line is is this. Oh, by the way, you are in New York. Is that correct, Danny? Yeah. Yes. New York, Long Island. I remember I heard Island. that you were in New York. There is a group in. There's a group in Long Island, New York. Okay, Long Island. Okay, mm-hmm. again, this is the other uh, uh, end of the gender spectrum, right? These are male, right? So there is a group called the, you can Google it, Americans for Legal Reform. Americans for mm-hmm. Legal Reform. Now they 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 are they are somewhat new neutral when it comes to gender, but they do organize. It's called the court Watch program, meaning they literally send volunteers of their own organization to attend court hearings, including family court hearings in in Long Island, New York, to showcase that judges. Cool. <laughs> so, so I'll just let you know. Nice. No, I'm not taking. I'm not not taking sides. Like I said. I am not just saying this particular judge is bad or this lawyer is bad. No, I'm saying the entire justice system is a fraud all by itself. So you can tell where I'm coming from, right? And I'll be happy to over specifics. But, you know, if you listen to my previous episode, no, I'm very, very straightforward saying, look, all these mass shootings, you know, in my last episode, uh, I have said there's a recent shooting in Maryland very close to where I live. It's about 15 minutes drive. A man killed three of his children and his wife. And then he called the police. 911. When police arrived, he killed himself. So five people dead from gun violence. Why nobody talks about it? Because it's family law related. Here comes a guy. I do not know any specifics of his case. Uh, But I'm pretty sure he had a domestic matter. And if something happened that made him to believe there's no justice in our justice system. The only justice he can get is using a firearm to, by the way, like I said, it takes a tremendous, extraordinary amount of uh, reasoning to kill your own children, three of them, mm. and then kill your yeah. wife and then kill yourself. I wa- uh, By the way, uh, William, I have said before. I believe there's an untold truth in the Sandy Hook massacre. I intend to follow through when I get around. It's actually family law related. Okay. So, so I will. But so, but that's my take. So, recusal, file multiple recusal. No, it's a it's a self defeating move. But you're not going to win. It's a corrupt system, and uh, it really my is. My God. It's, a, it's a most important, it's so bad for your children. You know, whoever, whether your ex-husband or yourself spend your own hard-earned dollars to pay a pr- legal profiteer to represent you in a corrupt system, that's the most inherent injustice to your own children. Because each penny you earn, and each penny the children's father earn, should go to the children. Not mm. to a fraudulent system. Mm. My no. God. Okay, can I,
1: I want to push back a little bit on what Peter said. Point, counterpoint. I got the judge recused. I, first, she was being in, she was already under, it was, the timing was right because she, these public hearings were about to happen on her every 8 years in this state. So I was fortunate that the timing was such that when I call the motion to recuse her, she cannot sit her own recusal hearing. That's the law, okay? If you're if your motion, if you study the first of all, knowledge is power, right? So your public defender is well, not your public defender. Your your family court lawyer is not there to educate you. And they're not really fighting for you uh uh, you know, Uh, the way they should because of the politics, okay? And they want to keep their job. So they don't zealously, truthfully, or loyally represent you like they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. So if you can educate yourself, I suggest every time I got into court, I read whatever I could out of the law rule book so I understood what I was dealing with. I was dealing with housing court, you know, family court, whatever I was dealing with. So now you have some knowledge, which is a big help. And you can try and reason with your attorney but still eh, they're not only going to go so far but at least you have some knowledge now if you choose to and you want to withdraw parents for her and represent yourself because they're not helping you you follow me yeah you, you know you can this is what i did it did it in criminal i got a judge recused in criminal i did it in family i got a judge recused in family i got the administrative judge pursuing a Peremptory challenge judicial authority to step down and I had another administrative judge from Juve brought in judge brilliant who dismissed my criminal case. So I did have, I I did get four criminal cases dropped in four years doing this process. I've never been found guilty of anything. And I never took a plea bargain. So it's not that it doesn't. Oh, hi. I it's not, somebody wants some attention. Hello. So anyway, so it can work. The thing is, Peter's also right in that how do they get arrested so many times because they would gang up. I me. the the judges in the courthouse they work together. It's a, they golf together. They do parties together. They you know who knows where. Else exactly. To do <laughs> and so
0: you're right. You, the, the e- know, e- you email system is on the same electronic. C- Platform, right? It's like they're all on call in. You know, <laughs> just remember that they not just they golf well, together, dine together. They actually on the same electronic platform called the email and instant messaging, not by their phone number, by their work computer. You know, so right, and plus in the courthouse,
1: if they're like the family court is in the same courthouse as the criminal court, as the civil court, as you know the house. In other words, it's all under the same roof. And they all show up in the same place, and they have meetings. When I've stepped into the family court the very first time I'm walking in, and out of the back right room in the back, Mm -hmm. who walks out? Every single judge that I've ever fought, and then Judge Eamons, okay? And then she promptly railroads me. Right. I saw Judge Ainati walk out, Judge Malone walk out, Judge Hiller walk out. I'm like, oh shit. I'm a freaking screwed here. This is after litigating in the system since 2014. And this hearing took place in 2000, I can't even remember, 18 or 19. So, <laughs> so, and, and I went in that courthouse, that family courthouse, multiple, I, I, I fought that corrupt judge and she finally recused herself and then the Judge Malone took over and I fought him. So I had six hearings on this one family case. Right? Six. Okay, so, but I never saw those judges fall out of that back room again. It was that one time, you know what I mean? Because they don't meet in that room every, all the time. You see what I'm saying? This was like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. And I looked at every one of them as they walked out. And I went, uh-huh, the posse has gotten together. You know what I mean? Yep. So, anyway, so even though I had cops testify on my behalf, didn't freaking matter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there was, was so anyway, so to answer Peter's question, he's also right in that ultimately, after several hearings with Emons and her recusing herself, Malone steps in and he did he was doing the exact same thing, the same playbook, you know, where claiming the. Police evidence was here say which is preposterous. Do you follow me? And the photos I had, everything I was showing that this was a landlord tenant issue, which it was not a family issue. But the landlords knew that that they had a legal tendency, so they weren't going to take me to housing court, and so they worked it around the other way. And of course, I had the police testify on my behalf. The incident reports, is Mr. Boninotti, has never harassed anybody or threatened anybody. They they determined that based on questioning the the the, the parties at hand, and they testified to that. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Nothing matters in that scenario because there is no jury. And even if there was, it could have been fixed or even, you know, you know, you know how that can go. The bottom line is that the judge makes the final decision. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, after six months of fighting this, could have even been more. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. no, the temporary uh, restraining order was six months. So at the five-month mark, Malone railroads me again. And at that point, it's like, well, I've been living out of the place for five months. So at that point, there's only another month left, but I'm not second to do any good to try and prevail at that point because I'll never move back in there because they'll, they'll just make life hell for me. You see what I'm saying? So I was done. You follow me? I was done with that tendency. Was there was nothing more worth fighting. But what I did do is, and what happened after that was Emons got retired, Malone got retired, Ronan got relegated only to arraignments, and Ayanati I got transferred to Waterbury. So they had this whole turnover. And I reported to Senator Blumenthal on the federal, federal, our federal senator, and uh, Larson, our House rep. And I also reported to the DOJ task force on corruption that was active at the time, Deidre Daly. Um, In fact, in the probate matter, the uh, CPA appointed by the court, Castellano, got indicted and convicted on fraud and Ponzi scheme. He actually went to prison. You can see the DOJ press release. I outed his corrupt butt. And I went through four judges in in probate. And the last judge was not a judge anymore. That was Judge Alberg. So, you know, you can get some movement, but usually what happens, it's, I hate to say it, is it's not like you're going to change the system. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I haven't seen, I don't know, I'm not back in the courthouse now, but I will say this, the Inspector General, Robert Devlin, for the new police oversight bill, And even the enhanced provisions, which protects disabled people after talking to this guy for 25 minutes after he's a former federal prosecutor and judge. Right. U.S. attorney Devlin. First of all, he acknowledged he got all my emails with all my exhibits, attachments to prove what I'm saying. Including a thank you letter from the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, for assisting in her investigation of the sexual abuse of minors and non, uh, and, 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 uh, and young adults in non-profit institutions. That had to do with Fordham University. I was referred to Detroit Law. Former U.S. Attorney David Kelly talked settlement. I wouldn't take a gag order, so that didn't work out. But, uh, Deidre Daly indicted Castellano. She worked at the DOJ in the Haven, 157 Church Street, and with Lawson Lafayette Boulevard in Bridgeport. So Devlin knew all this. I sent him all the exhibits. He's got it all. I said, you know Deidre Daly? Yeah, I work with her. Okay, you know about Castellano? He went to prison? Yeah, yeah. And again, these are but people are corrupt and not just corrupt with Bill Bonatati, obviously. So cases get built up over time. I'm, and so after all this, I've talked to this guy 25 minutes. He's corroborating. He's seen the exhibits. He's aware of everything I'm saying. And then at the end of the conversation, Peter, and 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 he he says to me, well, Mr. Bonitotti, we understand you're passionate about all this, but, you know, you just might consider your complaints don't have merit. And I heard this from the chief deputy prosecutor, the exact same line verbatim. It's like they have scripts, right? And so... I'm like, judge. Did you just hear anything I no, just we said? To each other already. <laughs> you know the teacher James. You know I'm like. How can you possibly say that? I have proven my... and We have other agencies, like the Attorney General of New York, who got corroborating evidence on Monsignor Ralph Tapa, sexually assaulting students, and a whole bunch of priests at Fordham. If you look up priest abuse, Fordham University, that Jesuit college, you'll be shocked if everything that's been reported on there, and they, they, they have all these seminars and groups and panels to, you know, for reform, it's all freaking window dressing, okay? And, you know, so, the point is, like, these are societal ills that I has been have been exposed even by the, the DOJ themselves. And he has the audacity to say to him, my complaints may not have don't have merit. I felt like banging my head against the wall. That's what it ends up in. This rhetoric of scripted rhetoric that they use and Lawless Lawler, I call him, Kevin Lawler, our chief deputy prosecutor, after being on the phone with him for 15 minutes after illegally prosecuting me three times and couldn't get anything to stick in his subordinate, Chuck Stango, he had the exact same line for me. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was like, Am I in Westworld? Remember, you're your brother in Westworld where the, you got robots running the scene? You know, I was like, This is freaking nuts, you know? And so, I, what's the recourse? Well, I would do all my lawsuits, my civil suits without prejudice, meaning there's no double jeopardy. I could bring them to federal, not the family case, but others because they have, those that have family, uh, federal subject matter jurisdiction. But then I look at the Danzinger case and the, right? As an example, what happens there. And then I look at, um, the movie Civil Action with Robert Duvall and John Travolta based on what happened in Wilberg, Mass on a, a, a contamination of well water that killed a lot of people, made a lot of people sick. Well, that attorney fought for all those victims up in Wilberg, Mass, and he lost his law firm and his partners. He got bankrupted. Well, so me, So then I said to myself, Peter... I said, what's the point of taking a case to federal court? I'll get cited for contempt just like good. They're not going to let me prevail. Do you follow no, me? I,
0: no, you know, well, I don't think i ever stop you to take your case to anywhere. Uh, the, yeah. uh, no, you can take...
1: No, no, I'm suggesting the federal system is no better than the state. Oh, you see oh, what yeah, I mean? I
0: agree. And mm-hmm. so, I, I totally agree. So,
1: taking so, my case is the federal. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, you, you, you know, you're you right. No, but I... uh. I did not read in detail about the uh, major case, but uh, I, but I, I do want to, uh, first of all, I noticed that this is the longest uh, running episode I ever done, so thank, I want to thank everybody here. So, you know, I uh, I don't have to go, uh, but uh, I'd be happy to stay on, uh, but I want to plug a little bit uh, about my next episode, because uh, everything we talk about that, that has one thing in common. The, Judge has a 100% control of the proceeding you guys are dealing with, right? So the next episode, I want to talk about actually Donald Trump and the newly appointed independent counsel by Mary Garland. Because one thing, is, uh, one area where the judge does not have a 100% control of the outcome of the proceeding is criminal proceeding. Because in a criminal proceeding, you still rely on 12, the majority of twelve members to render a decision. That judgment is not done by the judge. That ju- that done is actually by the citizens of this country. That's the way it's supposed to work. Every time your civil case got dismissed, or when you were abused by a by a judge in a civil proceeding, or even a criminal proceeding, the uh, actually, not criminal, in the civil proceeding, whether it's a housing or family court and all that. The judge has 100% complete say. What's the outcome of your case? In the criminal proceeding, it's not. So what I want to talk about next episode is that it's about this Trump case. Because not because I have a lot of love for Trump. I actually have a lot of dislike of Trump. But I truly believe his pending trial is pending indictment and charges and all that is uh, even better than O.J. Simpson's trial, which happened like almost thirty years ago. So I just want to plug that a little bit. Uh, the uh, the uh, like I said, the uh, the judicial immunity is the most absolute immunity of all government immunities. Again, established not by law. By the courts itself. In other words, there's no uh, law written in a book saying the judge enjoy absolute immunity. There's no, you know, the judges are a person too. We Re- remember the this uh, this uh, uh, public uh, the funding the political uh, uh, campaign finance reform case. I think United Citizen, whatever. I think when the Supreme Court said corporations are persons, right? But guess what? Judges are persons too. All persons are subject to laws. The the governing the regulation of that, right? So the judge should never be above the law. They shouldn't, you know, the so-called absolute judicial immunity is complete out of court. It's not written in the book. And uh, so, 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 any grievances William has or uh, uh, Danny has uh, with a with the judges presenting their cases, there is just an insurmountable legal precedents in front of you to overcome that, you know, without a fundamental revolution for a functioning justice system. We're all losers. All the peoples, we the people are the losers, period. So that's what I want to add. Sorry, go ahead, uh, William. I don't mean to cut your show. I
1: just want to say Yeah, but, I, but I'd like to cite a couple of things. One, there's a way the system's supposed to work, and we see what happened to Dozinger and Peter. Check it out, because you'll be blown away what happened to that poor guy. And the movie Civil Action, based on a true story, that was another, another federal court case. I also know George Byers, who was brought in from HUD to clean up Park City communities. The local HUD. He went to federal court 16 times. He told me, "Billy, I can't prevail." He said it's a completely corrupt. Worst state I've ever been in because HUD would send them around to different states. He had a two-year contract. After a year and six months, the Park City Board, uh, Park City Community's Board, uh, basically severed them out. And he met with me at Chili's. It's a bill. I know what you're doing. He said, if you keep fighting corruption in this state, you might end up with federal housing. You're looking for housing, you know, federal housing because you're <laughs> disabilities, he said, you can end up with federal housing. All right. But with bars. Yep. <laughs> <out." laughs> and I ended up in a, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I ended up in a state run psych ward, full max security with murderers, arsons, I'm CVH for the criminally insane for two months For Class C misdemeanors, they had no evidence of, because my emails are what? Basically pursuing everything I'm telling y'all. I'm not attempting to harass anybody. There was no ever evidence, no email ever presented, or voicemail in any criminal proceeding and yet they use what's called Department of Mental Health Addictive Services. The acronym is DEMUS. They're the Diabolical Medical Malpracticing Hippocratic Oath-Violating Acrimonious acrimonious, Asinine Shrinks that are puppets for the court. Did you like that? Should I say it three times fast? I made that acronym. I mean, the acronym is real, DEMUS. Department of Mental Health Addictive Services. I just redefined it. So anyway, so... What happens is you have puppets for the system. This is something you would imagine happened in the 1900s. It can happen today. It happens today. We're allegedly to restore someone to competency for trial, pursuing um, what happens to be Connecticut. Statute 5456-D, you've got the case laws, uh, Freddie v. California, Indiana versus Edwards, uh, Freddie v. California, if you're competent enough to assist a public defender. in uh, wait, wait, one is to represent yourself. The other is to assist a public defender. It's been so long since I litigated I could have those asked backwards, but anyway, those are the right case laws. Uh, I think Indiana versus Edwards is representing uh, a public defender's, and Ferretti versus California is representing yourself. But any time I went before a judge to represent myself pursuant that case law, what happens is when the judge hears you, stu- you I learned common law. Obviously, I, I studied case law, and and statutes. Once I start hearing you talk that way, they're like, oh, that's enough, Mister Bonatari." I'm going to sign you a public defender. I'm like, uh, Judge, I motion to reargue, reconsider. I feel I can represent myself. Oh no, no, Mister Bonatati, that's enough. We're going to sign you a public defender. Now you're muted. You see what I mean? Because now you got a public defender, you can't. You have no voice in court at that point. They're the ones who's and sp- I mean, you understand this, Peter, how yes. that works. Yes, so, I do. so. Mm-hmm. So, and then the public defender says, when you won't take the plea bargain, even the Nali, Nali contendre Nali Contendere is what?
0: Oh, the prosecutor wants to dismiss the case, Mr. Bonatari. Well, just imagine that that when uh, Michael Flynn has to pay $2 million to his own lawyer, end up taking a plea of guilty, you know, for for his uh, communication with the the Russians, (laughs) being the, you know, you know, national security advisor that is just how it shows how corrupt our justice system how corrupt our the lawyers are period i mean the public defendant they are not angels neither you know you you think they like to represent people who cannot afford lawyers now they, they they just want you to get over with a case period you know well their Again, job their is to clear the docket number one uh, this, Exactly, exactly. They are evaluating, again, just like I said, how much control they have over their client. You know, the lawyers are usually better educated in law in other areas than you are. You know, just remember this, 90, over 90% ninety of the criminal cases are ended with a plea, plea, plea deal, right? And guess what? You know, like I said, I always said, you know, the racial minorities, you know, African-Americans, Hispanics, and including Asians, they are legally naïve politically disfranchised so you can easily well, have a, a, a legally educated person a lawyer to you know to kind of a entice or just misguide or mis uh someone to 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 take the plea deal and all that you know so no the it's it's it, it, it's it's bad period you know that's why we end up okay. the usa we end up with the highest prison population. (laughs) We have the most law, spend the most money in everything related to law. But we don't have a just society. We don't have the safest society. We do stuff, you know, stack up with all the, you know, populate the, uh, the incarceration facilities and all that. So
1: all right let me let me finish because caught.net the pro se way Uh i put the link in the chat there's a hyperlink caught like catching fish.net the pro se way i'm not affiliated with this lady whatever she got caught up in the system in rhode island just like i did and the way she her vengeance was to put together this site it's all about judicial reform Mm -hmm. it's loaded with links she had what do you do if you encounter a corrupt judge that's how I learned to file my motions to recuse judges and my peremptory challenge judicial authority. There's also the law rule book. And then, you know, the prosecutors are required to disclose. They have disclosure requirements. They violate those all the time. Those are Brady violations, Brady versus Maryland. Um, and then you have your public defenders. Public defenders' rule book for the indigent, which is available online in your state, and they are supposed to, of course, file the motions for disclosure for all what's called exculpatory evidence that would would get you off in a criminal setting, and inculpatory that's allegedly would impeach you. But the the problem is they all work together. They're not going. To, the police have to have probable cause to arrest you, what a reasonable person would determine was probably you actually committed a crime. The public defenders are not going to help you impeach corrupt cops number one, or a corrupt judge or anybody else, or the complainant. If the complainant has enough power, the, the cop will write the, you might have a couple good cops who won't um, violate their oath of office and, and, and write a bad complaint, But and that happened every time. I had good cops who wouldn't do it but then there was someone above them, because of course, who was I fighting? The Catholic Church law firms, the the courts, you know uh, uh, the, the corporations uh, including uh, uh Banks I sued. So it's very political. And if you go up against the, the predator elite, there's always, let's put it this way. The higher up a cop climbs in this, in his police department, the more corrupt he gets. He has to, because by the time he's chief, he's just a puppet. Do you follow me for everybody else above him in the executive, judicial, legislative branch? And so the higher they get from rank officer to sergeant, to you know to lieutenant to captain it just they, they get more and more compromised that's how they that's that's how they rise up
0: do you yeah. follow me oh yeah I, wait, so I, this actually, is the problem. I said this yeah, in the past you know uh you know where the fbi agents came from they are from the local police department <laughs> so if you think the local yeah. police are bad you know uh, killing unarmed uh, citizens of the united states i mean they got promoted later on to the FBI. That's right. how it works, right? So, so when you talk about the 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 person uh, who uh, who killed uh, uh, this uh, guy uh, George Floyd and you know all that, say so, yeah, they're the dirtiest cop and you know all that, what about FBI? You know, they're made of uh, from the dirtiest cop. You know, so you know that's why it's hilarious when Steve Bannon, the, the Trump ally calls for defunding of FBI at the same time the people from the left also said the same thing like I said the FBI is only part of the problem the FBI does what it does for the reason because they got approved by the courts and uh, the courts is the one who gave a decent you know FBI's unlimited power to pursue whatever the courts is a rubber stamp of the FBI that's all so 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 because they all in the same electronic platform. They're all on the same email system. On the they share the same domain name, right? The US.gov, right? Whether you're in the judge your judge or whether you're FBI agent. They're all in communication. So instant communication. You know, even though our founding principle is that these three branches are supposed to be separated from each other and operate independently. To check and balance their powers, but right now they don't. They actually collude those powers together, and uh, you know. So, so that's why we're doing this show, and so. But uh, again, thank you. Three hours and eighteen minutes. This is record breaker for me. That's for sure, and I enjoy chatting with you all. And uh, let's do this again next Sunday and uh well again thank you for everything you do for me and again please think about uh, having a morning show for yourself and heidi all right
1: yeah look into that peter i just want to say on a on a personal note i lived remotely in an rv on a property for a while and then when i bought a, a ranch property with my ex uh i actually we brought in a mobile home from a, a that got broken down from a senior facility and got brought in and reassembled. And I used to do all kinds of electrical and plumbing and even septic system install. I worked for a septic installer. I, I, it, what you were saying, I was like, yeah, that, that was the best times of my life. I love doing that. And, uh, <laughs> cool. unfortunately,
0: uh huh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, unfortunately,
1: uh-huh. I got to have both hips replaced and I'm immobilized right now for the most part. But at some point, I hope to you know, I'm only 62 and, uh, I still got all my teeth and most of my hair. So maybe I'll get another 20, 30 years of me and we'll see. But I, I mean, that's a great life. I loved it. I had chickens, I had goats, I had a horse, I had gardens. I mean,
0: I went full on, you know, I will share that uh, because I'm also an environmentalist. Okay. I actually do believe uh, we need to, uh, but but I don't believe those, uh, uh, again, white, ethicism uh, in environment, meaning that somehow the white people are the care of the environment the most. No, actually, I you know I challenge that, and I want to practice what I preach. So I want to try this uh, uh, off-grid uh, living arrangement, totally on a, a truck converted RV with a propane gas generator, uh, solar panel, uh, being able to travel off-grid. And always on, only get showers from YMCA facilities. You know, I'll be hopping different YMCA's to get a shower and, and all that. And see whether it will work or not. So I look forward to that. So I might have to bug you for advice, you know, setting up different things. Yeah, that. it'd be nice.
1: <laughs> I'd be, it'd be fun to, for me to talk about. It'd be a blast. So anyway, anytime, you know, want right. your private room or you want to exchange phone numbers or whatever, you let me know.
0: No, no, we'll just be on a calling show. I think it's this great uh, venue. Oh, okay. And, uh, yes, absolutely. I'll join your show and just talk about it on that. So, But think about your, your morning show and with Heidi, okay? So uh, let me keep you post it and you yep. can message me on that, please.
1: All right. Thank you a lot. Thanks. Thank
0: you, everybody. Well, I'll end uh, today's episode. Thank you, everybody, once more. And uh, yeah, we'll continue our unfinished talk.